Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Of course, i got to turn on my mic. All right, doing what we do best. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we are here. We did not get an opportunity to get up on air this weekend as Sonny Clark was busy, busy, busy. What are you doing, Sonny? You're awful busy. Yes, yes. League meetings for champions indoor football happened over the weekend. And uh, so I was, I was just a little busy. And uh, by, uh, by the way, just to let you know, um, <laughs> the funny thing, these, these are the great stories you only get in radio. But uh, I took great time up to the league meetings. Um, and the main reason I can fly anywhere I want, my wife works for Delta, I love it, and everything's good with that, okay? Fine, so be it. So that having been said, I, in, in order for me to get to Oklahoma City, I would have had to fly to Atlanta, which, by the way, that's a three-hour flight, okay? To get to Oklahoma City, it's four and a half. But that's the, the uh, three-hour flight to Atlanta. Then a three-hour flight into Oklahoma City. But, so that's six hours. Now, you know, hey, six hours I can deal with. It wasn't the six hours. I would have been fine with that. It was the nine and a half hour layover I would have had over in Atlanta. And folks that know anything about the Atlanta airport, guys, it's not a place where you want to spend the night. Not because it's dangerous or anything. It's just very uncomfortable. There is not one comfortable seat in that airport that you can sit for as many hours as that takes. So I decided to do the Sonny Clark thing, which is, you know what, I'm going to sleep in my very comfortable bed, and I will wake up at the crack of dawn, which I normally do anyway, and then I'll roll on down, and I'll take a Greyhound, and I'll be there by noon. Well, I was actually there by 11. So I took off at 6 o'clock in Greyhound. It stopped six times, one time for a long time. The other times would just drop off, pick up, and, and that was it. So that having been said, I was up, I was up there really quick. So uh, that was kind of cool. So my Greyhound bus um, uh, experience was actually a lot better than it was last time. And last time it happened was back in 1985. So that's how long it's been since I've been on a U-Haul. That's when I moved from Illinois to Arizona and uh, got broke down in Santa Rosa, New Mexico. Oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. I also remember the bus ride was not all that wonderful and hot. I remember being sick and tired of being on the Greyhound bus because of all the stops. So I will say, at least as far as, so if you've been on the U-Haul since 19, or not a U-Haul, but, uh, hey, I, just like, the, hey, uh, Cuervo, I need you to take the, take over. I'm sorry, I got to take this call. 
All right, Sonny, I appreciate it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cash Potato Sports Show. Um, I heard Sonny making a couple of comments about uh, about riding on the, uh, the bus. Some background music, but okay. I'll try to talk over it. But uh, I, I've actually had the privilege of being on the Greyhound before going to California, all the way to Knoxville, Tennessee. It uh, wasn't the most pleasant trip, but they don't get you where you need to go. Um, I don't know exactly what direction Sonny wanted to go with the, uh, to start off the show, but I can tell you that uh, this weekend I went 3-1 and one again. I play off six, so so far I'm 6-2 for the whole playoffs for the wild card round. Um, I think Sonny said he's 3-5, and five, so he's you know, hitting about just under half of his Empowerment from Wayne Sports is also six to do so. Um, all right, I, I'm back. You there, Cuervo? I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm here, Sonny. Everything all right? Yeah, uh, ever good. It's good. I'm back, and it just it was quick. I thought it was something else, and it wasn't. So that's why I'm back. Uh, so, so uh, now, just really back to where I was. Okay, I took the Greyhound head. Now, you as a military man, I know you've been on Greyhound, haven't you? Yeah, I was. I was just talking about. Uh, it, it was actually in the small period of time that I that I got out of the military. Uh, my wife and I, right after we got married, we went to go visit my mother. So we took a Greyhound all the way from L.A. to Knoxville, Tennessee. It took about two days. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, it took forever. But, I mean, we, we got there eventually. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, it wasn't, How it wasn't bad the was the experience? It, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, we met some characters along the way, and yes. uh, you know it was, it was it was quite the trip. So uh, I imagine but, how many. You know, so so how many days did it take for you to get there? It took it took a full forty eight hours. Two days. Wow. Now that I can't. That I'll tell you that I can't stomach. I probably would not. But but for the 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 quick shot from six in the morning to eleven up to Oklahoma City. I have to admit, and they have gotten better since 1985. Um, the, the 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 train, the bus station, they had security in there. They had um, people who didn't have tickets. They were kicking them out of the bus terminal. Uh, the bathrooms were now. Granted, when I say clean, you know that's relative. But let's just say I've seen a lot worse in the Greyhound bus station. Um, so so the fact of the matter is this wasn't the worst experience on Greyhound that I had. Um, so, you know, I, I actually am going to do it again. I might go to Amarillo, Texas. The only problem is that's a longer trip, so I, don't, I still got to make a decision about that. But uh, not the worst experience in the world heading up to Oklahoma City, but the funny thing about that is we stopped off one of the, one of the stop-off points was the Flying J. Um, so, and I have, I've bashed the Flying J, you know, for many, many years. And, and I was, before you came on, I was talking about, it. it's funny how uh, radio works, you know, you know, I go on and my first broadcast, and I was actually broadcasting with my brother was my first broadcast. I was ba- bashing Flying J um, and Flying J was a main sponsor. So it was, <laughs> You know, so someone—I I guess no one knew what I was going to say—but um, bashing 
uh, Flying J was probably one thing they didn't think I was going to say. And, yeah, I, I lasted one episode, and then um, I got suspended before I had that. So that's my first radio uh, story for it. It's kind of funny. So. <laughs> yeah, Greyhound is pretty exciting sometimes, Sonny. I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> like I said. You definitely meet some characters. Yeah, my, my wife was talking to somebody from Kentucky and could not understand the word he was saying. So she reminded me of that that part right before we got to Tennessee. Now, now is Mrs. Cuervo with you? She is. She's driving. Ah, oh, she must hate you right now. <laughs> You're doing sports, so yeah. Uh, a, uh, uh, a little bit. A little. Her only request is that I don't talk too loud. But you know me, Sonny. When I when I start getting into the conversation, I tend to get loud. But I have to yeah. try and control myself, relax. Sit in the back seat you know? and look towards the back window. <laughs> well, I I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I told her I would sit in the back seat. She's like, no, don't do that. And I'm uh, like, well, well I, I, tell Mrs. Cuervo I mean, I'm sorry. And then, you know, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll move forward. <laughs> so, Sonny says uh, he's sorry. Yeah. Even though this was I, my I, idea. I am sorry. But yeah, this, but yes, yeah. I'm glad you clarified that was your idea. So, but here we are. It's Monday. It's a Monday after the weekend. I I had a, a, the week before we did our predictions. I went one and three. Last week I went two and two. You are overall six and two, right? Yes, correct. Six and two. So you're doing damn well. I'm just, you know, I should have stuck. We were talking just briefly to make sure we were going on air. I should have stuck with my Dallas Cowboy hate. I actually thought they were going to win, and they they had the chance. Of course, of course they had the chance. That's Dallas Cowboys football. That's just what they do. I should have known better, but I didn't. Um, But at the same time, they lost that game. Uh, So the Dallas Cowboys out. And, frankly, I've got to admit, I've been watching – you know, the the post, every game there's going to be a certain amount of posts. But I have not seen an overabundance of posts regarding the Dallas Cowboys and that loss on that. And it's it's almost like, and, and this isn't true, but it's almost like the Dallas Cowboys fans have a clue that, hey, they weren't supposed to win that game in reality. Um, and if they won, it would have been by a miracle. And so I, I think the fans – it's hard to say if they understand it, but there were some hiccups in that game for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and obviously not getting the running game going, which was the plan. Let's be honest. If you're not going to run Ezekiel Elliott in that game, that's a big mistake. Uh, they tried to run him. That was unsuccessful. And in reality, that was really the only way they were going to win that game because if they could not solidify the run, the passing game was too obvious what was coming at the defense. So the, the fact that Dallas Cowboys loss was no great big surprise to me this weekend, although I did think they were going to win it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know there were, you were in the minority, Sonny, to be honest, because I don't think a lot of people gave the Dallas Cowboys a chance to include Cowboys fans themselves. And I think that's why, you know, you don't see a lot of posts about them losing because I don't think there there really wasn't much expectation there. And, and, and to say that, to just to say that alone about Dallas Cowboy fans, that they didn't have much expectation, that that in itself is a shock 
because we all yeah. know, I mean, they could beat the Cleveland Browns 28-27, and all of a sudden they'll be going to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, the fact that you don't hear a lot about the, from Cowboy fans and stuff like that, it, it, it is surprising. But I think it's because of the expectation as well. A lot of fans went into that game thinking, look, hey, if we win, great. I don't think it's going to happen. But, hey, go Cowboys, right? So, uh, but I think the way they lost that game, you know, you mentioned some of the things offensively, but obviously the big story was, was the ground game of, of the of the Rams and how Absolutely. dominant it was. I mean, they Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson both had over 100 yards rushing. They almost had 300 yards rushing combined, Sonny. And that, that I think they've – they wound up with 275 or something, which yeah, something like, like that. It was like some, it, was, it was like it was like it was like, like 240. Two. I think it was more than that, but regardless, it was the second highest total in playoff history. I think second or third. Uh, which look, let's not hit the panic button. All right, Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith. They're not bust. They're not. They're not overrated. Had a bad game. The offensive line of the of the Rams did their did their part to push the defensive line of the Dallas Cowboys out of the way, made holes for the running backs to run through, and you know Jared Goff had to be just efficient enough to keep the Rams going down the field. So, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, it's not like it's not like the the Rams blew them out. I think it was. What was the final score? Thirty to twenty-two, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. The, the score, the score was not indicative of it. It was thirty to twenty-two. You're right. And by the way, Cuervo, just so that you know, you were correct about the rushing. It, it was two hundred and seventy-three yards uh, for the rushing that that came from the Rams. Uh, so they they got uh, one twenty-three from C.J. Anderson, which you would have thought. Gurley would have got most of them, but he didn't. C.J. Anderson got the two touchdowns. Gurley got the one uh, touchdown uh, rushing the football. So, uh, But what I found really interesting in that game, Cuervo, no touchdown passes from Jared Goff either. So, you know, it, you were, ta- we're talking about the passing attack of the Rams. Uh, they did it on the ground, and they got two, uh, I mean, you can say whatever you want about C.J. Anderson. He might get cut early, but late in the season, this guy's a stud monster. I have 23, uh, 23 rushes, 123, two touchdowns, and this is not the only team he's done it for in the playoffs as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a solid uh, addition to the Denver Broncos Super Bowl season as well. So he's got playoff experience. He knows what it takes to grind throughout the up to January, going into February. And I think the reason he's had so much success is because obviously all the focus is going to go on Todd Gurley. You know, if number 30 is on, is on the field, um, you know, linebackers and, and, and safeties are going to be drawing their attention to Todd Gurley. But C.J. C. Anderson is an afterthought. Uh, you know, they're like, what's this guy doing? And then he turns around and, and he has the game. So I think I think what that shows is like, look, just because – you know, they may not be a premier name. Uh, you can't, you cannot forget where guys come from either. Just like I'll give you a prime example, and this may be a bad example to use right now. Uh, but if Kareem Hunt finds his way on another NFL team, uh, don't write him off. Like he's, he's gonna, if 
he gets on an NFL team, he's going to produce just as well as he did with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, first time you see him on the field, don't ignore him. Like, he'll hurt you. But, um, you know, C.J. Anderson is a guy that I think is extremely valuable and, and you know, he, he's going to continue to show his work until the Rams are either knocked out of the playoffs or they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you you got to look out for, you know, the unexpected in the playoffs. And, and he, he's done what he's done, you know, whether with the Rams. He, he's also folks that don't know Carolina Panther, but mostly a Denver Bronco guy. And um, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, yes, he was a, a Super Bowl winner uh, as well. So uh, this guy helps a team a lot, always. Now, it, they may not – they're not 1,000 yards either, uh, Cuervo – 2017, of course, was his breakout years, if you want to call 1,000 yards a great uh, year uh, for him. But that's wonderful. That's the best that he ever did in reality because over his career from 2013 to 2018, the guy's only got 3,454 yards rushing. So that having been said, when you look at a guy like this and you want to know where he is as far – this guy is, is not your atypical, prototypical running back, but this is a guy that can – give your guys uh, your your main guys such as the Todd Gurler or anybody else rest now um come in at a time maybe come in on third down because he's not the worst uh, receiving uh in the backfield as well um over 900 yards in his career um you know catching the ball out of the backfield so this guy, when you got a utility guy that can actually help, a lot of times when you got a utility guy, especially in football, they're, they're, they're not very good. I mean, they're a guy that can plug a hole and maybe help you a little bit. But, you know, Anderson's a little bit different. He is a guy that can go out there and make a difference out up on the field. And he showed that. Uh, obviously in that playoff game against the Rams. He's done it in the playoffs before. And then 2017, he just had a spectacular year. Uh, But that is not normally his forte. His forte is to be that role guy, the guy that goes in there and makes plays. And that's what you got from him. So uh, C.J. Anderson, you know, having a big game against the Dallas Cowboys, that was the obvious shock to the Dallas Cowboys defense. They were not expecting it because really the focus was on one guy and one guy only, and maybe maybe rightfully so, and that had been Todd Gurley, but Todd Gurley didn't have a hard time with him either. No, he didn't. He produced just as much as C.J. Anderson yep. did. Uh, so, I mean, either way, I think I think the issue was just the Dallas Cowboys, for whatever reason, Sonny, uh, just – couldn't stop their, their rushing attack. Well, I mean, and Dallas was was very solid throughout the season, being able to stop the run. It was just for this one night, they they just had a big, you know, I don't know if it was just miscommunication amongst each other on the field, uh, knowing whose assignment belonged to who, or or whether the scheme itself was just just off. But there was something that happened that Dallas just wasn't able to stop the run. And I, but I think. And, and, and I know you're going to preach it just as well as anybody. It all starts up front with that offensive line. Absolutely. That's, that's my, big, that's my biggest uh, caveat for the Dallas Cowboys. If they, if they draft a number – with their number one draft pick – now, granted, it's lower. It's not up on the top, okay? So, but if they grab up the best offensive lineman at that time, okay, 
the Dallas Cowboys are going to be in the NFC Championship game next year, and it makes me want to hurl. I'm telling you right now, it is. But one thing that is happening, which is well, Sonny, do they it, still it, have it, one? To me, it's obvious. I'd say again. Do they still have a first round draft pick? Because they used, they traded one of their first round draft picks to get Amari Cooper. So I don't. I'm know not sure if they have more than one. I'll check that out, but. Their, their first pick in the draft, regardless, I guess, even if it goes in, it, they have to get an offensive lineman, Cuervo. They have got to solidify that offensive lineman because the retreads are not getting the job done. That just goes to show. Uh, they brought back Colombo as the uh, offensive line coach. That's a good thing because he was part of it when it was successful. So that was huge. So they, they solidified the coaching aspect of it. Now you need the wheels. You need the talent. And the Dallas Cowboys – Listen, I, as long as if you get a premier top five, top six in free agency, good. That's fine. That's solidifying it. But that's not going to happen. Every football team knows the value of their offensive linemen, and those top five guys don't go anywhere. They stay where they're at. So where do the Dallas Cowboys have to do it? They have got to do it in the draft. And if they do that, they'll be – listen, I think the Dallas Cowboys just right now, Okay, they're in contention with the Philadelphia Eagles. If they figure out their quarterback situation, yeah, I said it, uh, their quarterback, they got to figure out how to keep this guy healthy and accurate and win games because, let's be honest, they weren't going to get into the playoffs without – and I'll say it. The guy got him there was the quarterback, and that not the Carson Wentz quarterback, but the backup quarterback. Got them into the playoffs and got them to where they were, and, you know, they were still in that game last night. Um, so – the NFC East is a 10 and 6, 11 and 5 division of football. And guess what? That's going to win the division, and you're going to be right there. So the Dallas Cowboys are going to be right there. If they don't uh, win the division, they're going to be in the playoffs. But I will tell you, the Dallas Cowboys are, unfortunately, because it makes me want to puke, uh, one of the toughest teams now. If they can also, Cuervo, they got guys that played above and beyond. Now they really need to solidify it in free agency to shore up that uh, secondary that sometimes can play good, but not always. And they need to do that. So offensive line number one. And the second part, they need to shore up that secondary or they're just going to get burnt by much better, uh, much better uh, wide receivers. Yeah, I think I think that's the other thing too. Something is that um, uh, okay. I, I'm going to take a second here. I want to address the Cowboy Nation. If you are a Cowboy fan and you think that Dak Prescott is trash, not your quarterback for the future, he sucks. He should be traded. He should be cut. Whatever you want to say negative about Dak Prescott. All I have to say to you is shut up your idiot. Here's the thing. Dak Prescott, it's almost the same. If you think about it, Sonny, he's almost in the same situation that Cam Cam Newton. I wish we had Tarvin. But think about it. Think about the situation that Cam Newton is going through in Carolina. It's easy easy to blame the quarterback. It's easy to bash him, right? Dude, look at what he has to work with. And don't get me wrong, Amari Cooper's a great receiver. But it's almost the same situation that you had with Des Bryant. 
because he was the number one receiver. And he was the clear-cut number one receiver. So you got Des Bryant, and then you have Floyd. Wait, no, you have, oh, yeah, you don't really have anything. So my point is Dallas needs a guy to compliment Amari Cooper on the other side of the field, or else it's never going to work. Okay, running game, I think they've got that figured out with Zeke Elliott. That's not the problem. The problem is you need more weapons, okay? This tight end that had, like, one half of a good game, and everybody wants to point him, like, you know, the best tight end in Cowboys history, stop it. Calm down, okay? Calm down. He's not replacing Jason Wick. It's not even close. So, I think that's the other thing. As much as they need to find a replacement for Travis Frederick at center, they also Absolutely. need to find somebody to throw that, that Dak can throw the ball to besides Amari Cooper, or else it's, it's just never going to happen. You know, you can and you can sit there and you can blame. Because I've heard that. I, that's that's the other thing I've heard. You know, people are blaming Scott Linehan. Oh, terrible play calling. Terrible this. Terrible that. Maybe in certain situations he could have called better plays. I'll give you that, right? But you have to think about this, too. Based on his personnel, he's only so limited to what he can I agree. how creative he can get. So with that being said, it's, I mean, who's the GM? You know, same guy that's the owner. He needs to get it right. So... That's that's completely on it, but you know, I, I I think that when it comes to the situation in Dallas, you know, again, offensive line, hey, I I completely agree with you, Sonny. I think they need to find a new center, but get them some more playmakers too. Well, Quavo, I, I when I'm looking at this team, I'm as far as coaching is concerned, you know. Well, I said it in my post. I mean, as long as uh, long as um, Jason Garrett keeps his stock in chapstick and gets into the playoffs, he's going to be just fine. So, you know, I, you know, Scott Lanahan, on the other hand, you know, yeah, not the most creative dude. Okay, he's better than one that. I, I, did I hear that story right? That my my favorite. Uh, the head coach is going to go back to Atlanta. Is that true, by the way, Cuervo? I didn't even have time to look it up. It is. I'm talking back in Atlanta as the offensive coordinator. Oh, my yep. God. Make me want to puke. Jesus. I mean, uh, so Atlanta will be on the bottom. But what, what coaching-wise for the Dallas Cowboys, I think they're set. They they do need to get creative. They've heard their critics, okay? So that part is okay. What the coaching – staff needs to have a change is simple. They do need a quarterback coach because of certain situations where Dak Prescott is missing guys, their third down, sometimes their efficiency is really pathetic. Okay. Throwing, throwing the ball seven yards when you need uh, nine yards for a first down. Good job. They need a coaching. uh, Now the first year, obviously Tony Romo was there. He was really the quarterback coach in reality. 
That's what the Dallas Cowboys need to do. They need to get a guy that a quarterback can be, spend one-on-one time with him with breakdowns and how to throw the ball, when to throw the ball, why to throw the ball, where you put the ball, all those kind of things. That, that doesn't come from Scott Linehan, folks. That doesn't come from Jason Garrett, even though he was a quarterback. Jason Garrett is not spending quality time with Dak Prescott on where to, where to throw the ball, where, why to throw the ball, when to throw the ball, where to throw the ball, what situation. He doesn't do that. He's the head coach. They need a quarterback coach. And, I'm, and, and listen, Dak Prescott, he's going to be a good quarterback for this Dallas Cowboys team, even if they don't get good coaching. Just imagine if they could get a quarterback coach in there that could do the job. And, yes, I am, I'm all for bringing back Wade Wilson at the quarterback, uh, quarterback coaching uh, because they let him go a couple years back. That was a big problem at that time. So they need, a, they need a guy like a Wade Wilson that can go in there and work with the fundamentals of the game, when to throw the ball, why to throw the ball, here's how you throw the ball in the situation. Those are the things that the quarterback coach has got to take care of. And if they do that, Dak is even going to get better. Listen, he's good now. Two of the three years, this guy has brought his team into the playoffs. He's got a playoff win way faster than Tony Romo ever got. And also – this team wants to play for this guy. So much so, Cuervo, the last four to five years watching Tony Romo, it was very obvious by body language and the injuries that happened. That offensive line, that offense did not want to play for Tony Romo, and they want to play for Dak Prescott. Looking at a Dak Prescott Dallas Cowboy team compared to a Tony Romo Dallas Cowboy offense, it's almost like night and day. They look so much better with him at the quarterback position as well. So if they get a quarterback coach, Cuervo, I think the Dallas Cowboys will be fine, and Dak will just proceed. And, by the way, it, you guys, you want to talk about numbers, don't, even, don't waste your breath. Dak Prescott's got better numbers than any of those Dallas Cowboys that came before him in the first three years of his, you know, whether it's percentage, touchdown passes, and all that stuff, Dak Prescott is, is, is the holder there. So now you just need to polish him up a little bit, Cuervo. And Dak Prescott is going to be a good quarterback for this football team, without question. Oh, I, I agree with you, Sonny. Like you said, I mean, you know, it's just it's just all about finding the right, not system, but just a guy that, like you said, can, can really bring out his talent. You know, just like a Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Like, yes. You know, you, you got a guy that, that can really – use his strength, and they need a guy that can bring out Dak Prescott's strength. I gotta, I, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to what you're saying, right, as far as, like, coaches, right. quarterbacks coach, an offensive um, a coordinator, an offensive lineman coach, things like that. I, I have an interesting question. I don't know if we've talked about this yet. I can't remember, and uh, I don't have enough time to go back into our archives and, and look it up, but... Uh, because that's a lot of shows, ladies and gentlemen, in case you didn't know. We've had, we've had a lot of shows together. But anyway, um, you know, Cowboy fans love to live in the past, right? We, we've heard them right. you know, talk about how, how great they were in the 90s and stuff like that. And, and, and nobody can deny that, all right? They, they own the 90s in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. My question is, you know, we're talking about coaches and stuff. Are you surprised that none of the greats from those teams are 
part of any part of the coaching staff in the Dallas Cowboys now. Like, and, and, and have they been reached out to have been offered those jobs? For example, Troy Aikman, right? kind of annoying in the announcement, I'm not going to lie. Has he ever been considered to be the quarterback's coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Michael Irvin, I, I think he's great on NFL Network. That's the only show I watch on Sunday mornings, the NFL Network, the NFL game day morning. Imagine what he can do as a wide receivers coach, as great as he was. Offensive lineman, I mean, take your pick. Larry Allen could be the offensive line coach. Nate the Kitchen Newton. Uh, you know, some of the other, I, I'm trying to remember their names, but those two are the ones that stick out in my mind. Right. As far as offensive line. So I, I'm just I'm just curious. Like, all of the success that they had with those guys in the 90s, has it ever been discussed or thought what? that maybe those guys can come back and help coach this young Cowboys team now? Emmett Smith. Well, I think we, you got a couple Imagine of what problems. What do with Zeke Elliott? Yeah. Well, they got a couple of problems, Cuervo. All right. You have Jason Witten, you have Tony Romo, and Troy Aikman all in the booth. Okay? They make they make gobs of money just just doing uh, – why, why go through the ups and downs of uh, uh, being a coach? I mean, because it's almost like being a player. So they're out there, you know, doing the broadcasting and everything. Um, some of them are work with the Dallas Cowboys, like a Michael Irvin. He is in a role of a uh, is um, a recruiter more so than coach. I mean, because I, let's be honest, you know, I hate to say this because everybody, listen, Michael Irvin isn't the brightest guy in the world. I'm sorry, he's not. The guy had hands, there's no question. But really in today's world, as far as football is concerned and how he plays and what he does, it's a total different game. The simple fact of the matter is what Michael Irvin was good at doing was destroying guys, not with his talent, but with his body. I mean, you, there are a lot of balls that were caught by Michael Irvin where he, they would have been considered offensive you know, pass interference. I mean, now you can hardly touch a wide receiver. So now it's about coaching up on that as far as Michael Irvin is concerned. Now, the offensive line, Nate Newton, he's in the media. They, he, he does the pregame shows. They pay, him, they pay him enough money. So I think the, the daily grind of being a coach is almost as bad as being a player. And when players retire, they want to get away from that sometime. I don't know. But I see what you're saying with all the greats that came out in the 90s and the Super Bowls that they won, how come we're not getting more of them as coaching? But I think that also comes from the, the head coach that's on the football field. Now, I don't think – okay, I, I'll say this. I know Jason Garrett is not going to say no to Jerry Jones if he says, I want this guy to coach. That isn't going to happen because, as I've said before, Jason Garrett says, oh, you need to talk, Jerry? Cherry, vanilla, or blueberry on the chapstick? Yes, I'll kiss your ass. What flavor would you want today? And then I'll do exactly what you want. And that, and I'm sorry, that does happen. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, you would think that they would be smart enough, but sometimes when you start naming off names, I don't know how smart they really are I, because I'll even put it out there. And, Nate, I love you. Yeah, but uh, actually, let me rephrase that. 
Nate Newton is a lot better broadcaster than he was seven years ago when he first started, because seven years ago, I couldn't stand listening to him. Now, I can actually listen to Nate Newton. So I guess it takes time to learn it uh, and get into it. But, you know, I don't know. I, to answer that question, I wouldn't be able to. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Well, that's the thing, Sonny. I'm, I don't know. But you know what? I get, I get your point, though. Um, the game has changed a lot compared to when they played. So, Absolutely. Uh, it's evolved to the point where if you haven't coached in the past 10 years, then you're going to be so far behind that it's, it's an unfair advantage um, to even try catch up with how things go now, how things are, how offenses have evolved over time. So, yep. it's yeah, so, I mean, uh, okay, I guess that's why. Well, look at the trend on the quarterback. Uh, look at the trend on the head coaches, Cuervo. Look at the trend that's going. It's not the, it's not the seasoned veterans, you know, like a Bill Parcells and things like that. These are young cats going in there. And granted, I don't know who they are. They're college, they're college guys. You know who they are. I don't watch enough to know who the hell they are. But they got college guys. Look at the guy that went over to Arizona. The guy hasn't done jack squat as a coach. But they hire him because of the fact that supposedly he's really good with quarterbacks and, and he can help uh, the quarterback situation down in Arizona. But over at Texas Tech, this guy didn't do jack squat. I, I, so the trend of what's going on in the NFL is not bringing in <laughs> yeah. the old dinosaurs. It's bringing in the young bucks. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and in case nobody, in case you don't know who Sonny is talking about, so the Arizona Cardinals, hired Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach. Um, he actually quarterbacked at Texas Tech and held a lot of their passing records back in the mid-90s, or actually uh, maybe early 2000s, late 90s, something like that. Um, yeah, so that's that, that's where he played college ball. I don't think he, he really didn't do anything in the NFL, so he kind of bottomed no, out he coached, a couple years. No, he coached uh, Johnny Manziel. And one other, one other notable. Well, he but was, he coached so Johnny he, uh, Well, he was well, he was there a few years ago at Texas Tech. I want to say when they had both Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes at the same yes. time at Texas Tech. Yes. So that's why people are so excited about Kingsbury. I'm not buying it. I mean, I'm with you on that. I'm not either. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes was smarter before, as smart before he even got there. I think he's just a way ahead of his time kind of guy. I really do. I don't think that was coaching at all. I mean, because the way they, I, I hate to say this because I, I love to hate this guy because he's so damn good, and the fact is he's so damn good early, and that just drives me nuts. I mean, but. This guy's always been ahead of his time, whether it was in high school or in college, Cuervo. The fact that he is as good as he is really shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, but at the same time, that you know, I, I mean, he was there for a brief hiccup over in Texas Tech. He wasn't that four-year starter over there. I, I, unless I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't think he was there for four years. I think they used him up for two years, and then boom, 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 here he is. You know, and, and out of all people, I guess here in Texas, I should know that, but I can care less about Texas college football. I mean, it's irrelevant. 
I mean, I'm wrong. Am I wrong about that, Cuervo? Texas, really, their football, it's been really irrelevant for the last 10 years, right? I don't know about that, Sonny. I mean, a lot of your a lot of your top-notch players come from either Texas, Florida, how many, or California. How many national championships so. did any – and I'm asking this. I'm not, I'm not making a point. I'm asking, has any team in Texas won the national championship or even been in the finals at all? I, I might be wrong. I don't know. No. No. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not about that. I mean, a lot of – a lot of the high school talent, they they branch off to other states. A lot of them don't stay local. I mean, uh, actually, hold on a second. Let me think. I think Baylor. 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 You're right. Baylor was good for a year. Yeah, and that's when they had all the. That's when they had the convicts and the and and the rapists on the team, right? Something. Yeah. So so Bryce Petty was a quarterback. If you remember him. Now he quarterbacks for the Jets still, but I don't know. The point is he hasn't done anything in the NFL. Um, right. But, uh, but I mean, regardless, a lot of the talent comes from the state of Texas, not necessarily the colleges. But well, that's a good if point, too. If you look go back and, you know, guy from, you know, certain guys or whatever, um, they – a lot of them are born and raised in Texas, so um, that's, that's a huge but, point. Uh, yeah, but going back to Kingsbury, I mean, I, I think that's I think the fact that Mahomes and Mayfield were on the same team at the same time while he was part of the coaching staff and not the head coach. People are like, well, he's a quarterback, he's a whisperer, right? Um, <laughs> Don't forget, Baker Mayfield decided to transfer, and he left Oklahoma. Yeah. And then Mahomes, I think, I think, I think I like what you were saying about maybe not, maybe not necessarily being ahead of his time, but just, just he's a guy that you can put on autopilot, and he goes out there, and he does what he does. So I mean, there's really not a whole lot of coaching there. It's just, hey, Pat, go do what you do. He goes out there and he does what he does. So it's almost like Peyton Manning. I'm not. I'm not saying he is Peyton Manning. I'm saying that it's one of those guys that you could just plug in there and say, "Go, go do what you do," and he's intelligent. It's just through the roof. I think that's what is special about Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah. But I will say this: he was on the Dallas Cowboys. And he was on. Um, you know, another team that didn't have as much speed as the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think he would be as successful. He would still do well, but I don't think he would have MVP like numbers that like he does right now with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, I, I, that's my take on Mahomes, that he's just so smart that um, that's what kind of makes him so skilled. Different compared to a lot of these new quarterbacks that you're seeing now coming to the league. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. It's 
it's interesting, you know, that, but um, the Dallas Cowboys, they did take the loss. Uh, you know, I have to give it to the fans. They haven't really been out of control. Like, you know, you, you always hear the stupid comments and they got screwed or whatever the case may be. No, it, I think the Dallas Cowboy fans actually realize they just got beat this time. And, and sometimes you just have to admit defeat, but at the same time, you know, I'll give the Dallas Cowboy fans credit. At least today, they, you know, you know, took the loss, like, I guess men, I guess you can say, but there we go. But the Dallas Cowboys did take the loss there. Indianapolis, they Kansas City, should have seen that one coming. You and I, I just had a gut feeling. I thought maybe, you know, that we, we would see the reemergence of the greatness of Andrew Luck show up in Kansas City and stun the freaking nation, because if they would have won that game, they would have stunned the freaking nation um, by Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes did exactly what they're doing. Not only that, they coasted in the second half of that game, Cuervo. That part I did watch. Um, They coasted in the second half of that game, which obviously puts them in a better position as they go into the game against New England um, at at home as well. Remember, they get that game at home. New England is going to be on the road. Uh, But when you looked at that game, Cuervo, I mean, the second half of that game, I mean, you can't say you got the coast in reality. Um, And uh, even though, you you know, as you watch the game, you realize they, they, they were coasting. You knew they were coasting, but at the same time, that's, I don't think, I don't think that bothered any Kansas city chiefs fan. It, you know, Kansas city did it right. I got to admit, I mean, you think about Angie Reed, this guy, by the way, which is a guy who needed this victory more than anybody else was Andy Reed. Forget about Patrick Mahomes. Forget about the team. Andy Reed needed this victory big time. I'm not saying they would have fired him, but man, that would have left griddle marks on his ass that he might not have been able to get flipped over on. So they, you know, you look at Andy Reid, he needed this victory, but the simple fact of the matter is they coasted in the second half, and they go, they are going to come into the second the, this game against the uh, Patriots com- almost completely healthy because of w- the way they destroyed the Indianapolis Colts at the beginning of this game. Yeah, Sonny, I mean, I think it all really what it comes down to is the fact that um, in reality, I, I, I guess I overestimated or over, uh, I guess, overhyped, overrated. You fell in love with the story of Andrew Luck. Not, not the story of Andrew Luck. Um, I'm I always did. an Andrew Luck fan. But, um, I, and I think, I still think he's going to win comeback player of the year, but, um, I think I overvalued. That's the word I'm looking for. I overvalued the defense of the Indianapolis Colts. I really thought that they might be able to give pressure on Mahomes, uh, which would have forced some bad throws. Uh, that wasn't the case, though. The running game is, is, is really, when you think about it, it's the story of most of this weekend with teams that won. Their running game uh, was able to dominate or, or just take control of four games that we saw. Um, you know, everybody thought, oh, you know, they lost Kareem Hunt um, in Kansas City, so now who's going to be the guy that steps in and, and take over? And this Williams kid just went in there like, you know, like it's no big deal. And he ran yes. all over that Colts defense. And I really ex- I expected a lot more out of the Colts defensively. Offensively, I mean, I mean, I'm, 
I, I think I give more credit to the Chiefs' defense more than I do uh, discredit the Colts' offense just because we saw the way the Chiefs' defense was all season, and it wasn't that great. I mean, they were like, right. like number 20, 20-something in defense, total defense, so a lot of people expected a high-scoring game. And, you know, it was, it was kind of high, but uh, I think people expected more out of the Colts' offense. But I give credit to the Kansas City defense for stepping up and playing a, a, a great game. They got pressure on Andrew Luck. Uh, they were able to bat the ball down at, uh, at, the, uh, at the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. So, you know, the Chiefs' defense really stepped up their game, Sonny. So, yes. And, and, and the defense for the Indianapolis Colts, as well as they played, it reminded me of the Dallas Cowboy defense. Guys playing over their head who really shouldn't. I mean, you think about it. They got some guys. They're pretty they're okay. They're okay players. They were playing great. I mean, and, and the problem with a guy that is re- really not great, okay, they have a tendency to go back to what they are. You know, really, they're just okay players. But when they play over their head, they look like superstars, sort of like the Dallas Cowboy defense. Because let's be honest, that Dallas Cowboy defense is nothing to write home to mama about. But although they've had a couple of guys play out of their heads for a couple of games at the right time, too. That was huge, too. They played well at the right time. Um, but when they popped in and went to Indianapolis, they went back to their norm, you know, in reality. So that's one thing the Dallas Cowboys need. The Indianapolis Colts definitely still need to shore up their secondary. I hope they didn't fall in love with what they did because those guys are not those standout guys that you want on your defensive side of the ball. So if Indianapolis does that, if they work on that secondary, they're going to be a tough get out. Uh, but also got to look at their division that they're in Cuervo. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't know if they'll be the same. They need a quarterback. If they don't get a quarterback, they're going to be the same team. Um, but because that defense is stout, it'll come back. The defense is tired, tired of bailing out the offense. That's what happened there. You guys, Houston, they're going to be in the talk. And, and Tennessee, Marcus Mariota and company, this division has drastically changed in the last three years. Three years that the Indianapolis Colts haven't really had Andrew Luck at the quarterback position, or maybe he would be embarrassing those other three teams within the division. Yep, absolutely. And, and just – my initial impression uh, of the Colts defense, Sonny, is that I think they need to go out and draft them the best safety in the class. That's, that's yep. what I think they should do. That's that's what they need. They need a, they need a safety that, that can help out in coverage, but also come down and stop the run. Kind of like a kind of like a uh, a uh, uh, oh my God, I can't think of his name now. And, and with the Chargers, I've been talking about him all year. Uh, James, Erwin James. Yeah, I almost forgot his first name, but that's what the Colts need. They need a they need a Derwin James type of safety on their football team. If they can get that, I think that's going to help out big time. And then you know maybe maybe get them a corner later. In, in, in the, you can always find a, a good stud corner. Uh, well, Jim Irsay needs to open up the pocketbook and free agency, Cuervo, because let's be honest, you can get those guys stepping in all day long, but they're not going to be ready for NFL. Okay, so you need to give them a year or two to get accustomed to what the NFL is going. Jim Mercer needs to open up for a free agency or their, their defense will take two years to develop because their defense is not there yet. 
All right, it's getting better, but they need to have veteran guys, guys that are going to be available in free agency that are impact players, but that's going to take Jim Mercer opening up the wallet. Now, Willie, I don't know. He gave a lot to Andrew Luck, uh, rightfully so, but what will he do defensively? Because really, to be honest, if you look at the Colts, they don't have a problem except defensively. So Ursay's got to be able to open up the wallet to bring in the guys that will get the job done in order for him to move forward. Because let's be honest, and you look at this division, it's anybody's game in reality in this division. Why not beat the Colts again? Why not getting back to the fact that, you know, it, it's going to default to the Colts? Which, by the way, just without any kind of look, any kind of say, the Colts are going to win this division next year, especially with those teams that they are playing. Listen, Houston had no business losing uh, uh, losing at all, okay? That was that was a pathetic performance. I don't know if it was playoff jitters for the quarterback or whatever the case may be. You know, the Colts shouldn't have been in the playoffs where they were last weekend or this past weekend anyway. So, you know, Jim Mercy, you just got to open up the wall a little bit more, get somebody on the defensive side, and the Colts could win this division, maybe not necessarily by default like they used to do, Cuervo, but they're definitely going to win this division if they get a real good signing on the defensive side of the ball. I'll say the Colts are going to win this division next year, just like I think the Dallas Cowboys actually are going to win this division if they do offensive line. Yeah, I mean, who's a, who's a guy in free agency, though, that, that – really come in and make an impact on the defense. There's guys that are going to be available, yes, absolutely. There's always guys. Every guy's available, Cuervo. It's just whether or not they'll either A, make the trade for him, or B, open up the wallet for him. Every guy's available, let's be honest. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> you're right. I mean, I've, I've seen it firsthand as a Bears fan. Anybody's available. But, yep. you know, are the, are the Colts going to be willing to pay Although they might not be able to get to him. Get a guy. <laughs> No, you're not getting Khalil Mack in, in a Colts fan. Sorry. No, but uh, I mean, but who's who's the guy? Who's going to be the guy that they, that they target? You know, who's the guy that is coming up close to maybe being, you know, a, a free agent that maybe they can steal away from a team? I I mean, I, I that that's something you would have to sit down and go through every team and say, oh, well, that guy's going to have a contract year coming up. Well, this guy yep. is. So it's really, I don't know, that's that's a tough one. I mean, yep. a name that comes to mind is, and as if the Kansas City Chiefs are willing to ways with him, I think Eric Berry could be a guy that could resurrect his career in Indianapolis. Be that I'd trade him in a heartbeat. Has, I mean, if you're the Chiefs, do, do you do you, uh, I mean, do you, do you actually break up with them? I don't know if the Chiefs are ready to do that yet. If they Absolutely. were, they would have done it already. Let me, let me just cool. ask you, why wouldn't you, Cuervo? The guy hasn't been there for two years. Let's be honest. Okay, so if you get a decent proposal for that guy, you never know if he's going to be back again. And, and, and I feel bad for the guy because I like him. But I, I, Eric Berry, I like him. But if you're the if you're the Chiefs and you get a decent proposal for him, I think if you're not if you're the Chiefs and not taking that, you're nuts. 
okay? Let someone else deal with it. Hey, we love you. We're glad you were here for the years that you were here, but guess what? Let, now you're somebody else's problem because let's be honest, if you're not on the field, you're a liability. And in the game of football, in the business of football, if you're not on the field, you're irrelevant. And let's be honest, and, and it's, it, that's the brutal honesty of what Eric Berry is. Is Eric Berry a talent? Great, yes. But really, if you're the Colts, you can't keep carrying that if he's not going to hit the field. And you don't know what his you know, future really in reality lie. So if you can get a decent offer for, a Derek Be- uh, for Eric Berry, and I don't know what that is, by the way, but if you can get a decent offer, I think you'd break your neck to say, I- I'll be on a plane before you change your mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see a, I could see a scenario where Indianapolis offers maybe two second rounders and one third, maybe something like that, or two oh. second rounders and a, and, and, a, and, a, and a player in exchange for Eric Berry and a third or a fourth, something like that. Oh, Kansas City, I'll, I'll, I would I would take that. I think I think I would. I think I'd take it. And, and I love Eric Berry. I think the guy's a stud. I, I wish he was oh, healthy. I do too. And that, and, 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 and you know, orange, it, baby. Yeah. I, well, there you go. Yeah. So, so right there. So Indianapolis, you know, hopefully they'll get better. Kansas City gets the victory, uh, rightfully so. The Chargers no showed against New England. That did not surprise me. Okay. Um, and, and the main reason why is more the fact is that the the Chargers sometimes lose games that they really shouldn't. Oh, I've talked about that on this show. In reality, if you're gonna beat the man, if you if you're gonna be the man, you gotta beat the man. And right now, no one's beat the man. And the man is. Hey, I don't care what anybody says. Y'all can take a flying leap. Hey, bearing me upside down and all. And in the classic words of Mean Gene Oakland, when I die, bury me with my ass up, so you all, my critics, can come and kiss my ass after I'm dead and gone. But I'm telling you that the, the, the Chargers are a team that lose games they shouldn't lose. In reality, if Tom Brady was the no-show guy that they thought he was going to be, they should have won that game. Not only did Tom Brady show that he can win that game, he freaking embarrassed that football team. And the Chargers and Phillip Rivers, it's someone, I, I can't give credit who it was, but I read it and it made sense to me. Phillip Rivers is going to be known as the Dan Marino of today's NFL. And this guy is not going to get into the Super Bowl. He's not going to win the Super Bowl ring. But, God, is he great. He is, Sonny. But, you know, he, he is. He's going to be Marino 2.0, uh, have all-time statistics with no ring. That, that, and it's unfortunate. Um, I think that I think this is the first time I've mentioned it. Sounds like. Uh, oh, by the way, rest in peace to me, Gene. That he just he, you know he just passed away recently. I'm sure I'm sure that's why you mentioned him. But um, you know, I don't think I've ever said this, Sonny, about Philip Rivers. But if I'm Philip Rivers. What else do you have to play for? I guess here's the thing. Here's the thing. As long as Brady's around, I mean, it's just like the NBA in the 90s. All those guys that were trying to, you know, beat MJ just never happened. Yep. Like, yep. 
yeah, you know, you, you got your Nick Foles story, and that, that's cool and all. But that's in the Super Bowl. Okay, you got to get there to win the ring. And this is going to be doing eight straight NFC or AFC championship game now. Eight in a row. Eight. That, I mean, the message, the message has been clearly sent. You want to get to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to go through me. That's what Tom Brady's saying. Yeah. And Bill Belichick. And Robert You're going to be the man? you got to beat the man. And not only that, Cuervo, guess what? In order for someone else to beat the man, they can't just beat him one game. they got to beat him on a consistent level. And right now, I don't see where Tom Brady even gives that up before he retires. I don't think you're going to be able to beat the man because he is the baddest man on the planet. And he just proved that yesterday. And not only that, in embarrassing form against another solid number one guy, I wish he was on a different football team, Philip Rivers. I, I wish he was in the NFC because then he would have a chance to actually win the Super Bowl ring. He would. Make so. it. <laughs> you know. Well, with all these young guns, Cuervo, hell, who knows? I mean, because these young guns are actually making a big difference. I, I, I'll tell you, they're, they're learning how, you know, they're learning how and – when to stay in the pocket and when not. They're getting better at it. I know they are. Um, you know, that that's going to be, you know, these running quarterbacks who do all that stuff, you know, they're getting better at it. So I don't know if they'll ever surpass to where, but these young cats are going to be huge. And I think Philip Rivers only has two more years. By the way, did you know he had nine kids? Yeah, he just had the ninth one. That's the other thing, too. That's what I yeah, nothing left to Did prove. not know. That guy is Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's got a bunch of and more, so he's got yeah, the no, and more. You bet. It is what it is. But Philadelphia, so. you know, they, Alshon Jeffries, I hopefully he's uh, not on suicide watch. Um, Lord, you know, we, and by the way, just because Alshon Jeffries, let's say he caught that pass, doesn't mean they were going to win that game. They still had to run down the field. Um, however, that's, that, that, that guy might be on suicide watch because that, that sealed the game and didn't give Nick Foles an opportunity to get back in there and win that football game. Would have it happened? I don't know. But if he would have caught that ball. Now, I've read and I saw, by the way, Nick Foles, he ripped that football. That that ball was thrown like a dart. It was unbelievable how hard it was coming. I'll sound Jeffries every day. He'll sit and say that he should have caught that ball, and rightfully so, he should have caught that ball. But that was a rifle coming out of there, Cuervo, you know. And so the fact that he dropped it and the way he dropped it that didn't surprise me in reality because of the speed of the ball. I'm surprised you're making that comment, Sonny, because you're – you would be the you'd be the first one to to rip me if I made a comment like that. <laughs> so look, no, no, I, no. He should have caught it. Don't get me wrong, Cuervo. He should have caught it. And and Alshon Jeffries, listen, he should have caught that ball. And I'm not saying he's the reason why he lost that game, but it would have put him in a better position. But I will say, and I saw the ball, a, a Cuervo. That guy, that guy he, he threw a rocket at him. And, and I don't know if it was too close, some would say. Maybe, you know, I, I still go back to the fact that the guy should have caught the ball. Don't get me wrong. And he's got he's to own that because 
what I did see, he was under a lot of pressure, and he was lucky to even get rid of the ball at the time that was happening. So I get both sides of it, but Alshon Jeffries, you know, you know, should have caught the ball without question. Again, we don't know if they would have won that game, Cuervo. I, you know, the way Nick Falls is playing, hey, maybe they had an opportunity to win that game, but, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, but all I know is they, they, they lost by six. They lose by seven, Cuervo. They get in the end zone kick, uh, field goal, game's over. Um, and that just didn't happen. Um, but here's one thing that I do know. The Saints, they better be they better be able to score more than 24 points because the Rams coming to them, you know, coming to their place, they, hey, listen, all day long. That's You want to talk about I, – I, I don't even know what the over and under take the over because that over on the Rams-Saints game – this week is going to be huge. Yeah, I don't know what it is either, Sonny, but when I get to Vegas and I and I put my live bet in at the sports book, I'll let you know. I'll send you a picture. How's that? Definitely. Definitely. Did that game give you pause in reality for the Saints' chances of going up against either New England and Kansas City? Well, I knew they were going to struggle the first the first playoff game. Uh, if you go back to what I said, week 17, uh, when they played Teddy Bridgewater, um, I, I said that the Saints were going to struggle the first playoff game just because of the fact that Drew Brees and some of the other big starters uh, were going to sit out. And again, right. it happens every year. When teams do that, they always struggle this, this, uh, their first playoff game. And, and I'll be honest, the Saints are lucky that they won that game. They, they, they got a little lucky um, what they did, what they were supposed to, they made adjustments. You know, they were down fourteen nothing early in that game, and and then the adjustments took over. Sean Payton did a good job. Uh, his coordinators did a good job because after that first quarter, they outscored the Eagles twenty to nothing the rest of the game. Uh, but I'll tell you the story of the two Sunday games, Sonny. T O P. T O P what was the difference maker in those two games. T.O.P., what I mean by that is time of possession because yep. that's, that's, time. Why those, that's why New England and, and the Saints were able to dominate in their games uh, after a certain point in the games. Um, New England knocked I mean, seven minutes off the third quarter, Cuervo, with a field goal. Yes. Seven yep. minutes out of the third quarter. I mean, my God, I, mean, I, I was watching that. I was like, and, and they only got three. But at the same time, they didn't even need any more. But three, not only did they take the time, they added insult to injury by getting it through the uprights. Yeah, exactly. So I think at the end of it, I'd have to pull it up. But I want to say the Patriots owned the ball for about 40 out of 60 minutes in that game yesterday. I don't remember the exact. I'll try and pull it up right now. I'll I get it for you, Cuervo. I can probably get it faster. You're probably on GPS uh, internet. Mine's running, so I just click the button. I'll tell you. All right, time of possession. Mm-hmm. All right. It's on this page. And I just got to find it. There I we wish go. they broke it down by half because the second half of that Saints-Eagles game, the Saints had the ball, it seemed like, the whole half, with the exception of maybe like Well, the five New England game, Cuervo. The New England game, the Patriots held the ball. Get this. This is crazy. 
38 minutes, Cuervo. 38. Now, I, I, I know... I know you want to ask. Wow, I I know for a fact you you know you're you're looking at it and go well. It's only a sixty minutes game. And what's that eight minutes mean? That eight minutes is huge. That that's that that's that drive. In reality, Cuervo, that's that third quarter drive right out of the shoot for for then sure. and and then huge. That that was a big one. Wow, that that one was huge. Well, it, I mean. You can you can look at it that way to really try and put it in a better perspective. The Patriots had the ball for two and a half quarters over over half yep. the game, and the yep. Chargers had it for one and a half quarters, not even half the game. So not only the, oh, the three like, and outs oh, were the three and outs were crazy. The three and outs were. Oh, not, yes. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm sitting there watching this and I'm going, "You're crazy." Um, up on the other side now, Kansas City had the ball for. 39 minutes. Squareville, you hit the nail on the head compared to the 20 minutes for Indianapolis. I mean, and and that is a huge one there. Um, let's see here. Dallas and the Rams. I'm interested now. You you, you definitely got me on the hook on this one. Um, I didn't read, you know, obviously I didn't get an opportunity to watch the game, so I didn't see how, I, I did see uh, Sunday's games, but I didn't see Saturday's games. 36 minutes for Los Angeles over the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys only held the ball for 23 minutes. So you're talking 10-minute differences. Those are huge numbers. And the last one would be – now, this one would be interesting. I'm not sure about the time of possession in, on the second game yesterday. Um, here it is. 37 minutes for New Orleans compared to 23. So, yeah, you're right, Cuervo. Store it holding them to the ball. And, and not only that, Cuervo, when they got the ball, they scored. I mean, so, except maybe in the Saints case, that one. Went, but but the and, and the other games we're talking about, they scored. They put points on the board. That's killer. Taking time and putting points on the board. Exactly. And, and, and going back to that Chargers-Patriots game real quick, Sonny, what really killed them and, and why New England was able to hold on to the ball for so long, first of all, the, the Chargers the Chargers were uh, they were trying to hit too many big plays. Okay? And yeah. That's why they had so many three and out plays. I agree. They were trying, they were trying to uh, 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 go for the kill shot right away when they should have done exactly what the Patriots did, sustained some drives. Where the hell was Melvin Gordon in this game yesterday? All right. They, they didn't even attempt to use him. They didn't attempt to use Hunter Henry, who came off the injured reserve. Uh, everybody was so excited about him being back. They showed him for about six seconds on the sideline. Yeah. One time. That's all I remember seeing the whole game. So... That was that was one thing that where I think the Chargers messed up on the offensive side is that they they tried to place too much and that's why they caused so many three outs. Okay, now defensively, Gus Bradley's their defensive coordinator, which I totally forgot. Yes, Gus Bradley, good defensive, good defensive coordinator, right? But he's also yep. so, so damn stubborn. And 
you know that just as well as anybody. He's so damn stubborn. Yep. And, and I say that because something interesting that I that I noticed when they showed it on ESPN um, is that what, what the Chargers did to start the, the game off in the first half was they went to a seven defensive back formation. So they were pretty much in a in a um, I don't know what was it. I guess kind of like a nickel, maybe a three-three-five type defense. Yeah, they it, yeah it's more of a nickel. Backs. Yeah, so so they, they they sat in a nickel for the whole first half. Yeah, and Gus Bradley didn't make one single adjustment. So I mean, that's why the Patriots were able to do whatever they wanted in the first half, and that's why you saw a thirty-five to seven game at halftime. Now, going to the second half, totally different game. That second half, the Chargers actually outscored them. Uh, I think it was twenty. What was it? Twenty-one to six or something like that. Um, so, like, ha- had you just adjusted to what the Patriots are doing sooner, might have had a better chance of winning that game. Actually, you would have had a really yeah. good chance of winning that game. But Gus Bradley yeah. was stubborn. He didn't. He didn't want to make any adjustments on the defensive side in the first half, and you saw the result. It was a blowout in the first half. Absolutely, and and that's stubborn. You're, you're right, Cuervo. That and, and if you were, listen to this show at any given point when Gus Bradley was the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I said the same thing. The guy is so stubborn that he doesn't want to get off of what what is right in front of his face sometimes. Sometimes I get that you got to continually do something over and over and over in order to get better. But if you can't make the adjustments, and that's what been my problem with Gus Bradley the whole time is making adjustments. He's got a game plan. This guy will not go and move against it. And, and eat, I mean, half, this guy doesn't know what halftime adjustments are. This guy stays the course. Now, good, bad, or indifferent, look at what the Chargers did this year. You can't do that. But when it's the most important game of your season, which is the last one, and if it's not bringing up the Super Bowl trophy, you, you didn't do it all the way. Uh, in this case, he didn't even get to the AFC Championship game. You know, some somewhere along the way, you're going to have to figure out that maybe you're going to have to make halftime adjustments because you're right, Cuervo. When you watch that game, especially the, the Charger game, that, that defense didn't really really didn't make any halftime adjustments to move to try to figure out what. Now, granted, they were behind, um, but when you get that behind, Cuervo, you know, in a close game, staying pat, I get it 100%. But when you were getting blown the hell out at halftime. But, folks, this game wasn't even a game. The Patriots were up 35-7 to at the half, folks. So it's it's not like and, – and that's another thing. I talk about a team that coasted in the second half. How about the, how about the Patriots? Because the Patriots scored six freaking points in the second half. They just coasted it. And that, and that was smart, by the way, um, because the Chargers weren't going to get back into the game. They, they didn't have an answer to it, and there, there you go. That's where it ended up. So, I don't know. It, it, interesting week of football. By the way, did you get out of the car? I thought I heard a door slam. No, no, we're about to, though. We're, uh, we stopped for a little bit of gas, um, you know, restroom stop, whatever you want to call it, so – um, but, you, you've uh, done that already, but, or you need to? 
No, we're we're we just we just stopped right now. So we're at we're at a gas station. Uh but um, All right. But why don't you why don't you yeah, please take care of business and I'll hold on to this. We'll talk about the the games for this week um here in a, a minute. You wanna do that? Wait, talk about them. Oh, you want to you want to cut the show now? No, no. Do you, uh, you want to take a break and take care of that business and then come back? Oh yeah, yeah. You if you need to cut to a break uh, for your sponsors and everything, by all means, let's yeah. do it. You betcha. This is the time. We're going to do that. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll talk about all the things that happened over this weekend. By the way, Australian Open is going on if anybody's interested. You know, I, you know, it's a little it's a little tennis. Sunny likes tennis. That having been said, we'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show after the break. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com.
being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Raleigh Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Man in sports radio along with Cuervo, he's on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. They're going to Vegas, I'm so green. So green. I'm going to give him a moment before he can get in there. Hey, Cuervo, if you are listening, press the number one button when you're all set back in the car. I can take over for a couple of minutes because the Australian Open is going on. Yes, guys, Sonny Clark is a closet tennis guy. I I, I I hate to admit it, uh, but I am. Um, and, and I like I like the big tournaments. So you want to talk a big tournament? The Australian Open um, is one of them. Uh, is one of the majors. Um, and uh, Murray uh, has had the bow out of the uh, out of the tournament. And, and folks, I'm going to tell you right now. You know, Murray bowing out of the uh, out of this one is a big one. I mean, Andy Murray. You know. I don't know if you wanted to to, to call him a, a uh, favorite. I wouldn't, but it's a name. It, it, that name is big. Uh, Andy Murray's got some got some he's got some skills going on. Okay, very good. He, uh, Cuervo's going to message me when we come back. The, the guy has skills. There's no question that he's got what it takes. Um, so, but him buying out that that's big news coming out of Australia and the Australian Open. But what I, I found it very interesting as I was looking at it, and and folks, I don't dive into, I don't dive into um, tennis the way I do football. I'll be honest. I, I watch it, and I know the guys. I know some of the players. Some of them, I can't pronounce their damn names. It's almost like hockey, but I watch it and I keep track of it, and, and I still find it amazing that Serena Williams is ranked 16th in the world, and Venus Williams is not even ranked. Now, I know 
Venus is older. I know she's had interest. I know. Listen, I still think she can beat anybody from, I would say, from 20 on. So look out for that. I, I will tell you right now, it was huge. Roger Federer, keeping up with his unbeaten streak so far. Hasn't lost a set yet. I mean, the, guy, the guy's super bad, man. This guy, 6'3", 6'4", and 6'4". Hasn't won or lost any of his services. He has not had a break in service. This guy is a monster, and this guy and I and I'll just say it right now. He's got the best serve in tennis. And I will tell you, I don't know. You know, in back to Andy Murray really quick. I don't know if this is going to be his last one. He he he, he should have bowed out of this thing during the game. But when you looked at Andy Murray, Andy Murray was 6-4, 6-4. And then he lost the third set. Um, then he lost the, uh, a third set, 6-7, and five tiebreakers. Then he lost the, the fourth set in 6-7 uh, and four tiebreakers. Then he, uh, th- that whole thing was huge. And the former number one leaves, I mean, say whatever you want about this guy. He won this match, and then he, he just can't move on. Now, should Roberto August be able to still play? No. I don't know how all that works. I don't know. And, again, I, I don't know. But Murray won that match. So um, the big question is how does that work? You look out for that. But uh, simple fact, how about Sharapova? By the way, you say whatever you want, Harriet Dart, if you don't know the name, which you probably don't if you listen to the show, you know more football. But I'm going to tell you right now, Maria Sharapova beat this girl so bad that Harriet Dart left and she was crying. Now, folks, listen, I've won certain athletic things I've done, whether it's golf, tennis, football, basketball, whatever. No one's ever left a game from Sonny Clark crying. Maria Sharapova beat this girl so bad she left. That, folks, this wasn't just streams, you know, down her face. This woman was in a huge, huge breakdown. And really, you know, sometimes I wonder if I will ever have empathy for people or, or compassion for people Maria Sharapova wasn't playing any games, and she could care less that she left the, the left court in tears. And so it, when she moved into the second round, she just whipped the hell out of that girl. I, 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 me, I kind of feel a little bit bad because I know, I know how bad it feels when you just get whipped. I mean, I mean compl- I'll give you an example, and I'll give you the year. And, and I, I, I can say this, just so that you know. I know it was in February in the year 2000 or 1983 when I was a Brighton Bulldog high school basketball player. Granted, wasn't the best. 
I got in for minutes. I was I was an off-the-bench guy, and when we were beating the hell out of someone, which wasn't often, uh, got. No one could beat me with a free throw, though, because, uh, guys, I'm telling you right now, I was a free throw shooting fool. I was in the 90s, 94, 95%. I don't miss field goals because those are free points. you got to put them in. So out of all the things I couldn't do, the one thing I could do, put them in there. But we went to Flint, Michigan. Yeah, that's the one where they're having all the water problems right now. Back in, back in 1983, folks, February 1983, they beat us so bad. In the first half, we scored seven points. They scored 49 points in the first half. They, be, they were beating us at halftime 49 to seven. I I was one of that seven point was mine free throw. Folks, they didn't even go in at halftime to the locker room. They had shot around. We went to the locker room, going, guys, we got another sixteen minutes to play. Sometimes it makes you a better person. Is my point. So. Uh, some stuff going on out there in Australia. I, I will tell you right now. Hey, uh, John Ersner, I, I will tell you right now. Six feet ten. This guy's humongous. And I will tell you right now, there was another tiebreaker that went on with him and Riley Opika, uh, the number 97. who was actually one inch taller than it in, in over Isner. Now, John Isner, being the smallest guy on the court at some point, is amazing anyway. And then you put him up against O'Reilly Apokla. I, I'll tell you right now. Now, I know I'm mentioning names that you don't know, that you know, and I probably should not be talking tennis on this show. And I get it. But I wanted to jump into a little of it. I love tennis, so I wanted to talk a little bit about it. So go ahead, Australian, uh, AustralianOpen.com. Check it out if you like any kind of tennis. That having been said, which is the name of our show on Sunday, which we were not on air as I was taking care of some business. Let me hit this button. And he is up and ready. Uh, Cuervo, uh, I didn't mute you at all. I guess, uh, are you there, Cuervo? You out there? Yo-yo, Cuervo? Am I even on air? I'm not on mute. I should be okay. I'll wait until he comes back. He'll ding us. He had, he's getting some stuff out there. Probably should keep this on here. All right. Back to what, NFL. Yeah, hey, NFL. Good stuff, by the way, this weekend. Good stuff this weekend. And that's going to take us into the games this week. I, you know, I, I don't – I hate the fact that we're going to talk about it because we're, we're going to re-talk about it. But I've already – I've already picked this game. And I'm not going to give out my – I'm not going to give out my th- – and I, I'm not going to tell you who I got and everything else. I'm not going to do that. If you're smart and listen to the show, you already know who I think is going to win the AFC. Ah, what the hell. I have the Rams over the Saints this weekend. 
and folks, I'm not saying. But by the way, I'm not saying the Rams are necessarily the better team. What I'm going to tell you is, is I've watched the Saints for the past few weeks, and I want to tell you right now, you need to worry about the Saints. And because their schedule at the beginning of this season, guys, they are blowing teams out. Okay, out of the water. Second part of the season has not been that, guys. All you got to do is you got to go back to the first week, okay? All right. Brown Saints for, uh, uh, you know, well, mark that. That was the preseason. They started off with the Vikings. They took the loss. But after that, it was it, it was a, another time for them. They lost to the Vikings. Then they lost to the Saints. Or, I mean, uh, Patriots. Patriots being 36-20. After that, guys, the numbers were coming big. 34. Now, granted, they blanked the Dolphins. They could have beat them more, 20 to nothing. Then 52, 26, and then they started slowing down, guys. Last good game, 30 points against the Buccaneers, 47 against the Bills, 34 against the Redskins, and then you get to the Panthers. 31-21 points scored. Then they only scored 17 points against the Falcons. Falcons won that game, by the way. Okay, they came back with a big score against the Jets, but who cares? No one cares about that. They came back up against the Saints, uh, the Falcons again, was only able to muster 23 points. However, they won the game, 31 points. The Buccaneers beat the Saints 31 to 24. What I'm saying is these numbers are going down, guys, and they're, they're not all that impressive. 29. So we're not, in other words, we're not getting the numbers from the Saints you think that you should be getting. They only scored 20 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, granted, I will say the Philadelphia Eagles defense might be better than the Rams, but if the Rams show up once, they could be just as good. And frankly, I don't think 20 points is going to do it for the Saints. Now I know I'm I know I'm in the minority. I, yes, Sonny, you've only picked three out of eight games in the playoffs. Yes, I get it. But something tells me Aaron Donald's going to go off this weekend. And I'm not saying the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. As of now, I have Rams. Patriots in the Super Bowl and the Patriots roll. I'm so, I, I, and you can sit here and talk about the talent all day for the Rams, and even for that fact of the matter. Okay, everybody I think would love to see Patriots breeze. That's what I lo- would love to see. Got you, Clairvo. We'll get you back here in a second. That's what I would love to see. That that would be the right matchup. It's not going to be that way. I don't have a question in my mind that 
Tom Brady and the Patriots are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Not, not a question in my mind. And, and I know how well Kansas City's been playing. There's no, there's no, no doubt about that. I'm talking experience over young, and I'm talking something special about Aaron Donald. Now, would it surprise me if the Saints win? No. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think the Rams are going to beat the Saints. I think both road teams are going to win this upcoming week on, Saturday, on Sunday. And that, that in itself would be an amazing thing to talk about. And, you know, I kind of gave it away, Cuervo. I got, I'm going to hit you one here and one here. You're back into it, Cuervo. I know, I, know I know my playoff picks haven't been great, and this one is not a good one, and I even realize it. But it's that gut feeling. Now, granted, I had that gut feeling with the Indianapolis Colts, and I was, <clears throat> I was wrong about that. But... I mean, Cuervo, I, I think we got two spectacular games on Sunday. Uh, we got six days to get to it, though, and that's, that's another thing. A long time until we get to that game. Um, and there will be a lot written and talked about. But Aaron Donald, I want to tell you right now, I, I'm normally not a defensive guy that says a guy that should, should win on the defense. Eric Donald a, is a monster. So, when I mean, Eric, Aaron Donald – I, I mean, I know he's not going to win the MVP. I, you know, granted. And, and folks, I'm, yeah, I, you say whatever you want. I still think it's Drew Brees. I'm not going for. I'm not going for the young kid. I, I still think it's Drew Brees. He's getting the job done, which is what you need to do. And not only that, he's done it better. I, I, I just, I'll stick with that. So let me ask you this, Cuervo, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, who you got as the MVP this year? Or is there someone we're missing, like maybe an Aaron Donald, I think should be in the talks of this? I mean, it's, it's fun to talk about that, Sonny. You know, a defensive guy with 20 sacks, you know, winning MVP. Uh, let's face it, though, we're in a time now. He's not going to win. <laughs> you have to, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to win. <clears throat> he would have had to actually break the record in order to really be considered. Like, maybe have 30 sacks, right? Because he didn't even break Michael Strahan's record. He came close, but he didn't break it. So that already takes him out of the run, the running for the MVP. Um, so my logic on this is going to sound stupid, but whoever makes it to the Super Bowl between Breeze and Mahomes will win the MVP. Now, if they both make it, then that's where the race is going to be really tight. Uh, Even though it shouldn't, right, Cuervo? Because these are in-season games uh, that they're supposed to be voting on the MVP, correct? Right. And that's why I think that's why I say it's stupid. Because so if you go by the regular season, does Patrick Mahomes win the MVP? No. Does, does he even have a chance? Uh, come on. All right. I agree. Um, <laughs> um, if you go by regular season, but I think you're right. I think it'll have the trickle down effect in the playoffs if both of them make it. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, I, you know, I, I think it could be all about the Super Bowl. They'll figure out who the MVP is, and I just don't think it's right. I think they should have the voting all done before the first game of the playoffs, but they don't do it. 
No, you're right. And, and but uh, I think either way, uh, unless unless the Chiefs don't win, uh, whether people like it or not, I think I think Mahomes is going to win. That's my honest opinion. Because you, you take a look at the difference that he's made in Kansas City, and it's not it's not one of those like oh they went from three wins to almost getting a Super Bowl type difference. Okay, nobody's. I, we all know that that's not the case, but I think you see the difference in the production of the Kansas City team, uh, Chiefs, the success that they've had. Um, he has helped the Chiefs take their game to the next level that they've been, you know, that they've had the potential of doing for years now. Well, under Alex Smith, just couldn't get it done. And now they get the kid Mahomes throws for 50 TDs in his first year as a starting quarterback. I mean, when was the last time a guy has come in in his first year as starting quarterback and threw 50 touchdowns? And that's I not agree. even including what he did on the ground. So I yeah. think, I think it's the I think the fact that it's the, the breath of fresh air that Patrick Mahomes brings, Sonny, is what is going to lead these guys, these voters, to choose Mahomes over Drew Brees. Drew Brees has he's he has nothing to feel like he's proven his greatness over the season or over his career. So giving him the MVP, uh, I think they would only do it just to add to his accomplishments, to his resume respect. for the hall of for the hall of fame. Yeah, it, it, probably for respect too. Um, but uh, you know, just like you know, Brady won it last year, right? I mean, what does he have most to prove? <laughs> but yeah, Drew Brees breaks breaks the passing record this year. I think that's a reason to get you know give it to him. Uh, but but again, that but that's a career achievement. That's not a season achievement. He didn't break the regular season passing yards record. He's the all-time leading passer. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's it's, – it's, I'll, I'll tell you what. If Mahomes didn't have the year that he had, I think there's no doubt in my mind that Drew Brees is the MVP. But, but you know, we have, this, we have this argument now because of how well Mahomes did for the Chiefs, the, the level that he has brought this – next level that they're at now. Um, so I, I, I'm leaning towards Mahomes. I mean, it's not because I don't like Drew Brees. Um, I just think the, the like I said, I mean, it's just the level that Mahomes brought it up to now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Yeah, it, you know, it, it should be interesting to see where this one ends up going. There is no question. Listen, I'm, I'm, by, by no stretch am I saying that Patrick Mahomes is not a good quarterback. You don't just go in and throw 50 touchdowns. Never mind what I think if it ends up happening, Cuervo, I think you're right. I think he hit the nail on the head. It's going to be about the rushing. I mean, it, it, let's just be honest. They, they, the guy was able to use his legs better uh, better than Breeze in reality. And Breeze can fight his way out of it, but he'd rather use his arms than his legs. But when you're at the young age of Patrick Mahomes, you can do both. Um, uh, you know, it, so I can see where it's going to happen. I, and again, 
I don't like that it will happen. I don't think that he should win it. But then again, there's a lot of things that happen in the NFL and what I look at uh, to say, you know, you know, he shouldn't be in contention. Uh, Lord knows what the hell do I what the hell do I know, which is another name of a show on this uh, fine program here. But um, it should be interesting that, uh, as we move forward, uh, uh, as far as the MVP is concerned, where we're at now. Moving on, there is some other news, okay? But my question, I, I, and I've got to, and I haven't had an opportunity to talk to you about Kyler Murray, Cuervo, because you can say whatever you want about Kyler Murray, but he moved himself up in the rankings for someone to draft him. Uh, this guy, if I'm not mistaken, was drafted uh, to play baseball as well. So he's a double guy, but I'm, I'm just going to say it. This guy's going to get eaten alive if he goes and plays football. Cuervo, he's going to – I mean, he's 5'9", right, Cuervo? I mean, this guy's no taller than me, okay? Now, and he's a lot skinnier, obviously, but, I mean, he's he's shorter than me, Cuervo. 5'9", that's not going to do it in the NFL. Who's going to take a flyer on the guy who's 5'9", even though he won the Heisman? A team that's desperate enough, and honestly, I, I can't think of a team that would – actually waste a first-round draft pick on an undersized quarterback like like a Kyler Murray. And you, can, you can sit here and talk about, well, look what the Baltimore Ravens did. I mean, they went they drafted um, I Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the difference. Lamar Jackson is six foot two. okay? Kyler Murray yep. is five inches shorter than Lamar Jackson is, so... Same, similar style play, okay? If you yeah. Get the, the name tape off the back of their jersey, and they were the same size, you know, you wouldn't know the difference. Same exact guy, but their height is obviously how you can tell who's who. Um, I've, I've said it all along, and I think I'm going to stick by it. I think he should stick to baseball because of his size and because I think that quarterback – Type, quarterback type like him, they don't last very long in the league. So, I mean, I know everybody's excited about oh, Lamar Jackson, you know, okay, he's the only one that got you know, to the playoffs as a rookie. And, and, you know, great. That's great. Good for him. Are, are we forgetting that the reason that the Ravens made the playoffs is because how stout the defense became at the end of the year? Did we forget Good that? Good point. We forgot to mention that part. Yeah. They were the number one defense down the stretch. The number one. As much as I love my Bears, the Ravens were better. Okay? And that's why You don't have to be great. You just got to be good. And the, and the, but the Ravens are great. And, and they, Ravens they, defense is defense, great. The, 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 uh, and, and the Ravens defense put the team on their back said, let's carry, let's carry these guys into the playoffs. And that's what they did. So, um, but, yeah, Sonny, I, I honestly don't think Kyler Murray would survive in the NFL. Not as a quarterback. Could he do something else? Sure. You know, maybe some return game on special teams. Maybe a little bit of running back or receiver, something like that. Absolutely. You know, kind of like Braxton Miller when he was quarterback in Ohio State, converted yep. to a receiver. Well, something similar to that. So if, he, if he's going to be stubborn and 
and say, no, I, I, I'm only going to play in the NFL as a quarterback, it's not going to work. So either way, I think he needs to put some weight on. Um, so that's why I think unless he's willing to put on that weight, I think baseball is a better option for him. He was, by the way, I yes, he was, so he was so he was drafted in the second round by the Oakland A's, just to let people know. Yeah, Oakland. I mean, I, I mean, granted, there it's a lot longer. I mean, he only got what 16 games in the NFL compared to the 340. How many is it? 360. How many games? 162. Um, one, 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 yeah, 162 games. My God, uh, unbelievable. I you know I get it, but I mean the the beating that I think he would take in reality is uh, too much in reality for him to be successful in the NFL. And by the way, I, I apologize. He's the same height as me. He's five ten. But you know, neither here nor there. That that's not going to get the job done in reality. Uh, some news out here: Alabama uh, linebacker Mac Wilson uh, made the announcement three hours ago. He's going to go into the NFL draft. How high do you think this guy's going to go there, Cuervo? Uh, well, the fact that he's an Alabama product, yeah, it'd probably be second round at worst. Um, I was I, I was going to say second I, because I don't know. Uh, that would have been my best educated guess, which is not educated enough to even comment. But I would have said second round. I didn't know if this guy was a first-round draft pick uh, quality guy. Uh, could any hype happen to get him moving up into the first round, you think? Or is he just going to kind of remain as that second-round guy? I think he's going to – you know, and, and here's the thing. Here's the crazy part. We haven't really heard any too much hype about any Alabama defensive guys this year compared to the past few years, which I thought was very interesting. Um, you know, the guys that are getting more hype are, are the guys from, you know, like Clemson, Oklahoma, a little bit of hype for Ohio State guys, but not too much with these Alabama guys. Um, I think because of all yeah. the talk about Tua, the quarterback Tua, and so I, I, I haven't really heard a whole lot about Alabama defensive guys this year, so it's kind of surprising Linebacker uh, joining the uh, draft again. Devin White says that he's going to go ahead and go in there. LSU linebacker. I, I, now, I don't know a lot. I know enough. I know enough to say this guy's a stud. I think this is one of the guys that that could go in the first round. Cuervo. In reality, uh, a lot of teams need linebackers. And frankly, I'll be honest. Could you imagine? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys got a one-two punch. Sean Lee, will he be back? Uh, this guy could. I think this guy could be headed to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know why. And, and no, they hasn't been talked in the in the media or anything. But the Dallas Cowboys, I think, are going to lose Sean Lee this year. I think Sean is done, and they will need to fill that hole. And I, I will tell you right now, I think that that could be a guy. But I, you know, I think his first first round quality. So. My theory, obviously, being Dallas Cowboys needs to go the offensive line, um, but to fill a hole 
with Sean Lee, it wouldn't surprise me if they make a jump at this guy. Now you're talking first-round talent. Uh, yeah, Devin White, speed, uh, he's got some good speed. Uh, he's a badass. But, uh, I, yeah, he is. So, you know, but, I mean, LSU's been known for defensive, you know, DBs, linebackers, and all that. So, um, uh, yeah, this guy's going to be a first-round pick. Um, now, as far as where he could go, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of places he could go. I mean, the Jets could take him. The Raiders could use him. Uh, like you said, mm-hmm. Dallas, could, you know, needs a replacement for Sean Lee if he does, you know, if he doesn't come back next year. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there. Carolina could probably use him since Thomas Davis. Oh, yeah, Carolina probably could not really gonna, use him. You're right. Good point. You know, since, since, yeah, since I mean, they're going to lose Davis, he's probably not going to be playing anymore. So there's a lot of teams probably not. that would love to draft this kid. It's just being in position to get him is, is going to be the question. Yeah. Good stuff there. I, you know, I, and again, I, I, I don't know a lot about college football. I know that guy's a stud without question. Now we go to the story I want to talk about, Cuervo, that I, 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 think, I think the Browns completely missed. You know, after a year of doing everything right. Now, granted, I shouldn't beat them up. I mean, but I just don't think, in reality, the Browns hiring – uh, Freddie Kitchens as the head coach of this football team was the right answer. Um, you're never going to convince me of that, Cuervo. This is not the – listen, if anything, they should have just kept with the uh, – oh, God, the guy that took over, uh, the uh, former Saints guy. Um, uh, who am I talking about, Cuervo? Help me out. Greg Williams. Greg yeah, Williams. it should have stuck with him. I, 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 don't get, I don't get this higher, Cuervo. I'm out in left field. Uh, tell me something I don't know. I mean, because this is not the right hire. Not only that, they hired Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator and Steve uh, Wilkes to run the defense. Cuervo. I mean, you, it, I, it, listen, the offense, I, I don't know. This, I'm, I'm in confusion. This, this, is, this might set the, the, the Browns back a couple of years just by this horrible hiring at the, at the head coaching position. This is a horrible pick. Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking either. Um, maybe the report in Baker Mayfield is is part of why they thought this was, you know, this could work or why they think it can work. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think there's there were better choices. I really do. I think hell, maybe Hugh Jackson or not Hugh Jackson. Well, they just got rid of him. Who am I thinking? Um, I, I just think there's better choices out there. I think it's Cincinnati. Yeah. That's why. Oh, but I can't, oh, can we talk? Man. Listen, listen. I, I I see what's going on here. Okay, and this is this this right here is a big big mistake that they're going down, and they're already going down at Cuervo. And you can say whatever you want in reality. But this is a football team that has, has went ahead and have bowed to their rookie quarterback. Because right now, I'm already seeing signs of Baker Mayfield all over this. I don't, listen, 
Cuervo, it's real simple to me. And, and I might be blind, but when you got a guy, you know, the, the love affair that was there or whatever, obviously Hugh Jackson was uh, was a problem here. But Baker, I think Baker Mayfield had way too much say in this. And granted, we're never going to know this, but I, I just smell Baker Mayfield all over this. And this is one of the reasons why I don't like him, okay? I want him to shut up and do his job as a rookie. I want him to shut up and do what he's done. Now, here's, here's the problem with that. Any other franchise in the NFL will say, Baker, you, you're going to just deal with who we get. But Baker Mayfield took a team that was, this is crazy, Cuervo, a, a team that was 1-31 and 31 and took them to a seven-win uh, seven season, should have been nine, maybe ten, and I get it. But at the same time, if he's on any other franchise, I think we're telling him to sit down and shut up. I think he had a lot of influence on who he has as his head coach. I really do. And good, bad, or indifferent, if I'm not mistaken, Kitchens was the offensive coordinator of this team. So I, I just see Baker Mayfield written all over this because there are plenty of guys that would, would have taken this job, Cuervo, plenty of them with better names and with better resumes. Yeah, exactly, and, and yeah, you're you're correct, Sonny. Kitchens was the offensive coordinator, um, but yeah, I mean, going back to what you said, I, I think the same thing. I was, I was, as a matter of fact, as soon as you said it, I was already thinking that, that the fact that they're allowing a rookie, I and mean, we don't know this for sure, but under the assumption that Baker Mayfield has influence in who becomes the head coach. That what that tells me is that the Browns still have a lot of problems. They they fixed a lot of things, but they still have issues with you know really letting people know who's in charge. And if they're yeah. allowing Baker Mayfield to influence who the head coach is going to be, that's a problem because a rookie a rookie should never have any say so. It should just be never. This is your new head coach. You guys are going to make it work. This is what you get paid to do. You know? Can't so. do it. Hey, 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 should, should Baker Mayfield have a right to say or whatever? He's a rookie after a rookie year. No. Look, of course I, not. Sonny, listen, he can have an opinion. By all means. You can throw your opinion out there. Tell us what you think. Well, opinions are like that assholes. Does. Everybody has one, and they all stink, okay? Especially coming from a rookie quarterback. Oh, God, I just said that. I didn't <laughs> even I, I, I just I cannot believe – I mean, the, the steps forward this franchise took this past year. And, uh, by the way, that wasn't a step. That was a leap, okay? You and I, I had them at six. I don't know. How many games did you have them at? Yeah, I think I had them at, like, five I want to say yeah. four or five. I had him at six. Now, granted, there's no question the guy has moved on. But do, do you let a guy take over your franchise? Oh, a guy, first of all, doesn't know squat about the NFL. Does, and, and and by the way, I've heard he's not the brightest in the world. He's bright, he's got he's bright football, but the rest of it, he's not all that bright. So I, I don't understand. How do you do? You really let a guy come in there and do that? No. 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 Exactly. And 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 when and I will tell you, Cuervo, 
this could be this is the turning point of this franchise. And I had all the hopes and dreams for this. First of all, I, I'm gonna say it, they should have never fight the coach. Now granted, this is really simple. The love affair was with that with that. Um I don't think Bill Hugh Jackson really had a lot to do with this in reality because the love affair came with Freddie Kitchens and him. So, but I will say maybe the move was right because obviously they started winning more games and everything. But, you know, the guy that really led that, you know, was the defensive coordinator that took over. Greg Smith should be the head coach of this football team if they were going to remain in-house. And the main reason why that is Cuervo now Freddie Kitchens don't get the one-on-one with him all the time now. Now he's got other issues he's got to deal with as far as the team is concerned. Instead of giving Baker Mayfield what he needs, which is his, uh, I, I won't say that. Um, let's just say that it, it, you know, it, the oral, the, the oral uh, satisfaction he gets with, with Kitchens as, as his guy. I, and, but now... Kitchens is not that guy that will have the direct one-on-one with him. And, and they should have left this thing over because that unfortunate situation now for the Browns, okay, is their franchise lives and dies by Baker Mayfield. And they allowed that. They, al- yeah. they allowed, you know, it's just kind of like, like another Cleveland team uh, that made that same mistake. Uh, and that's why he left them twice. <laughs> but um, they they chose to not get any talent around him. But anyway, um, it it doesn't. This right here just doesn't show the control that an NFL team is supposed to have. That, and that's why I agree. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, I mean that's why certain teams continue to be successful. Other teams don't because yeah. there's structure. That, I think that's what, what the Cleveland Browns lack. Such a horrible hire. I mean, my God. I, when I read this, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But, oh, I'm in charge. Uh, or this person's in charge, and this is the way it's going to go. If yeah. you don't like it, there's 31 other teams that you can go try and sign with or whatever. Hit the brick, We're baby. not going to have that here. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yep. That's I mean, it. I, I, I mean, do you honestly think that anybody in Pittsburgh? Okay, all right. I use Pittsburgh as the the foundation, although they messed up. But but take away this year, this would not have happened in Pittsburgh. Okay, this uh, it definitely wouldn't happen in New England because Bill Belichick would say, "Shut your mouth and sit down. I'll run this freaking team." Um, you know, and sometimes you got to be able to, but at the same time, I get it because Baker Mayfield is one that has made, listen, you can say whatever you want about any other position, okay, or however, but he got six six marks, seven marks underneath the W side, Cuervo, okay, and you can't take that away, especially after you've been one and 31. I get it, and he realized that pull, and that's the reason why he pulled the trigger. I get it. Um, and what, if I was Baker Mayfield, would I have done it? Absolutely. Um, but it just goes to show the strength of uh, the strength of this franchise. He hasn't learned anything over the years of losing because this is the kind of attitude that gives you a losing franchise. And right now, right now, 
they're third place in this division because they're not going to, with this attitude and with the, what's going on, they're not going to be, beat Pittsburgh. They're not going to beat Baltimore. And they might have a fight against the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, depending on where they go moving forward. Um, and so the only fight that they're going to have within their own division will be two days because they're going to get destroyed by these other teams. They are. And that's because of the big-headedness. And this is going to start in week one. I, you know, I, I don't even know who they play. They get blown out the week number one. And then, then we got a lot to talk about as far as the Cleveland Browns are concerned, where they're going and what direction. Uh, because I believe that's what's going to end up happening week number one. Because when you've got an attitude like you have with Baker Mayfield and you feed that attitude – there's nothing else that you have as a franchise in reality because there's no control. And yes, the NFL and all the players and all this other crap that players just want to refuse to understand that they're employees. You can be whatever you want outside, but you're an employee and no, you don't get a right to run anything. Yes. If you want to call it a slave mentality, but guess what? Bosses tell you what you do. You do it or you get fired. Period. Um, and, you know, so all this other crap that people want to put out, yes, a team needs to be in control of their team. They need to be in control of who's out on the football field. And the people that are in place for that are the general managers and the coaches on the football team, period. And if you don't like it, you hit the bricks and go someplace else and see if you can try to snowball your BS further on down the road. But the Cleveland Browns don't have the right stones in order to stop that from happening with the Baker Mayfield. Right, and and I think it's gotten to a point, Sonny, where teams are afraid of losing talent. But what they fail to realize is that they shouldn't be afraid to. And the reason I say that is because new talent's going to come at some point. That yep. guy that you lost, he may have all the talent in the world, but one thing that's never going to change is his attitude. I shouldn't say never going to change, but it's going to take a lot to change. So teams should never be afraid to to lose a talented guy if they have a bad attitude because that's that's going to always hold a guy back is, is a bad attitude because if you're not willing to deal with it, chances are other teams aren't going to be willing to deal with it. And it's just going to be a constant. Until they eventually learn, like, okay, maybe I'm the problem. So by then, you've already moved on. And you've already found a replacement for that person. Everybody's replaceable. So if it's a thing where the Browns are afraid of losing Baker Mayfield or they're going to hold out or whatever – Look, Baker Mayfield's replacement is probably in college right now. Yep. Or or a senior in high school. Okay. Just waiting. Just just be patient, and yep. you'll find you another quarterback. Okay. Because yeah. I, I mean, I I I'd rather wait than you know to accept somebody's attitude like that as a, a GM or a coach, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and, and accept that just because I want to get wins. Like, you know, 
kills the franchise. It's, it's, yeah. And, and you know what? And it, 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 if they want to fire me, you know what? That's only going to set them back even yeah. farther. So, but I think so, people need to stop being afraid of, of well, we're not, we're not going to win and this and that. And yep. Sometimes, sometimes it's just about timing. With certain franchises, instant success comes because of timing. You know? I'm really That's interested really to see where that goes. Right, right now, you know, right now, I just, you know, that, that bad move I got him back in the at the bottom of this division right now. I just, I can't see. But I can't, now, can we talk? The, can we talk moment for you, Quervo? I, I, I meant to call you the other day when I heard about this a couple of days ago. As Chuck Pagano was hired as the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. And I want, I, I was worried that actually it was three days ago. Uh, if you were on suicide watch or have you, have they, have you, have you been taken off the of suicide watch over there regarding the Chuck Pacano uh, hiring as the defense coordinator for the Chicago Bears? Are you saying, are you saying it's a bad hire, Sonny? I'm saying it's a horrible hire. My initial thought was the same thing. Um, but I think if Pagano's good at, at at anything, it is defense. So I, I don't want to I don't want to say it's a bad hire just yet. Um, the only thing I can really say is, you know, he did have a number one defense back in 2011. Uh, now that's a long time ago, but he's has success as a DC, so. But I think I think what I'm more excited about is who he's going to bring with. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say it yet. I've read some stuff, uh, but I don't want to swirl any rumors around just yet, because chances are probably not true. Uh, but if it is, you're going to hear about it real soon, and Bears fans should be extremely excited. Yeah, uh, I would. I I I'll, I'll wish them luck. I really do. I think there. I I just think. I just think there are other guys out there. I I really do. And, and I, I with all due respect to Chuck Pagano. Who? Todd Bowles. They could have easily uh, pulled well, him away from Tampa Bay. They could have got yeah, him away it, from Tampa Bay. I think they could have. Absolutely, Cuervo. I think they could have. I think Todd, Todd Bowles was one I was actually thinking about, and the other one would would and and frankly, if the if they um oh how do I say this say it right if the Cincinnati Bengals don't hire Greg Williams as their head coach or a defensive coordinator, they're nuts. Um, I'm sorry, I think Greg Williams is a hot commodity right now. And this is a guy that I think can get a job when a defensive coordinator job comes up. I wouldn't necessarily mind him being a head coach. I mean, he pulled that team together. Now, we can talk about Baker Mayfield all day long and everything else, but someone had to man the ship. And I think he did a great job in, in relief of uh, after they got rid of uh, Hugh Jackson. Um, but he'll never be head coaching material, and I get it. And I understand there's too much of a reputation. But as a defensive coordinator, I love me some Greg Williams. And if Cincinnati doesn't go up there and grab them, they're nuts. Um, but that having been said, 
you know, Cincinnati's in their own boat right now. They don't have a head coach right now. All I'm hearing is the big talk about Zach Taylor taking over for that football team. And I, I just going to have to ask the question, Cuervo. I, I know the answer because I've seen where I, I seen the shirt he was wearing, but I almost went, who? And I get it and I understand it, but I don't know. It, I, you know, I don't know if this is the right guy, but you better – hopefully, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cincinnati Bengal fan, if they do hire that, you hope that Zach, uh, Zach Taylor and Andy Dalton can get on the same page and get on it quick because right now they're behind the eight ball before they even take the field, uh, football field and training camp because right now they're either number three or number four within this division and no chance of the playoffs as of right now. Yeah, you're right, Sonny. I mean, look, here's the thing. It's not like the Cincinnati Bengals just lost their talent overnight. The roster really hasn't changed a whole lot. It's the coaching is what's killing them. So if they get the right coaching, uh, then I think they can be a a 10-win team again and compete in the AFC North. It's just, you know, Jay Gruden was the offensive coordinator. He goes to Washington. Uh Hugh Jackson, as much as we bash him, uh, you know, leaves. He goes to head coach. He was a defensive coordinator. You know, now Hugh Jackson's back in Cincinnati. Why he hasn't been named defensive coordinator already? I have no idea. Like, what are the what are the Bengals waiting for? Like, that's a no brainer. I would. Think- I don't know if they're. I, I don't know if they're waiting to see if they want to make him the head coach. I don't think he knows enough offensively, and he showed that in, in Cleveland. He doesn't know enough on the offensive side to be a head coach. That's why I think, and, and Sonny, I love, I absolutely love what Vic Fangio did for, for the Bears and how he improved oh, yeah. that defense. Where did he go, by the way? I forget. Where did he go? He's he's in Denver. He's in Denver now. But he needs is he the head coach over in Denver? He is the head coach. And, and and I'm sorry, I don't think it's going to work out for him because I don't think he knows enough on the offensive side. I agree, 100%. I love him as a defensive coordinator over there, but why would you leave unless you're going to get the head coach? Uh, You had the best defense in football, so you're only going to go for the head coach. And and I'm telling you right now, they should let John Elway go over there. This this guy, I didn't realize they hired this guy as the head coach. This this could be the thing that puts it over the edge for John Elway as the general manager of that football team. It's ridiculous. I, you need an offensive-minded guy in reality in Denver, and you need a freaking quarterback. You, you know, the defense isn't horrible in reality in Denver, Cuervo. It's not horrible. It's not great, but it's not horrible. We've seen horrible defenses in this league, and, and they were in games this year. They need the right head coach, and they need a quarterback because they damn near made the, they damn near made the playoffs with no quarterback. So they need to make moves in the right the right way. I, I I did not realize they hired him as the head coach over in Denver. That might that might have put me over the edge. I probably would have fired the general manager John Elway. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think there's many Bronco fans that are that are thrilled about the hire because 
here's the thing. I thought that the defense of the Denver Broncos was fine. I don't yeah, think they good needed, shape. Uh, uh, you know, somebody to come in and, and just totally revamp the defense because that's what's going to happen. Like, the, the defense is going to be better instantly. Like, instantly going to be better. I think he downgraded. I, I don't think that the defense in Denver is anywhere near what the defense uh, I mean, Tom Miller's stud, but that's about it. Chris Harris is a good cornerback. That's it, though. That offense, I'm worried. I'm a Broncos fan. I am worried about the offense. Um, unless Gary Kubiak comes in and becomes the offensive coordinator, then I wouldn't be so worried. But again, I mean, I, I don't know. Because I heard something about Gary Kubiak, and I don't know if he was the yes. OC last year. That's why. That's why I was asking about it. Gary Kubiak has been. My computer just crashed, or I'd look it up. But I did hear he's back in action, and I heard that he was out looking for a job, um, which is very interesting uh, to me. But I never thought he'd go back to Denver, wherever. I didn't think. And obviously, Chicago not going to be places that he goes. But I think Kubiak can work out someplace somewhere. Uh I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, actually, no. I'm wrong. I thought I thought Denver grabbed him up. Uh, no, no, he's the, he's looking for a job, Cuervo. I I, I, says, I read it someplace that he put his hat, his name in the hat for a couple of jobs out there. I I forget which one. It was just briefly as I was flailing so, uh, uh, across the news. Yeah. So okay, I got it right here. So he actually. Went to Denver. Denver brought him in, and what I'm reading, it looks like him and Fangio just aren't on the same page as far as it says philosophical differences, which I I guess their strategies are just different, whatever. So that's not going to work out. Your Jacksonville Jaguars actually brought him in for an interview. Yes, that that's probably why I read it. Yeah, that's probably where I read that. And it was quick. It's your Jaguars. It's my Jaguars. And plus, they don't need to make a change at the defensive coordinator job. Um, they, need, they need a head coach. I think the defense is actually fine. I mean, in reality, Jacksonville needs a real quarterback and maybe a little bit of improvement on the offensive line. I think the offensive line can get the job done. I think, I think the whole team just lost all faith in what Blake Bortles was, which is a, a less than average you know, quarterback that can't get the job done when it needs to get done. When you need a when you need a score at the last part of a game, Cuervo, the last I, I I say it was there, you know, you know, and flip being flip about it. But the last person you think about is Blake Bortles going down, and getting you three or seven. He's not even on your freaking list. And I think the team, I think this was a football team that said, we don't want this guy here. We're gonna, we're just, I I, I think that I think. The Jacksonville Jaguars, okay, blew this this season after week number three. They said, this is not going to be changed. I'll just collect the freaking paycheck because this is pathetic. And they, and they were right, and that's what I honestly believe. You won't be able to get me to believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars were as bad as their records were. Um, if they had a real quarterback, they would have definitely been better without question. 
and that defense would have been better. That defense gave up because, she's every time they make a play or get an interception or a turnover, in the first three games, they got zero from them. In the first three games, Cuervo, for the Jacksonville Jaguars off of turnovers, how many points did they score? Zero. And their Jacksonville Jaguar defense was good for the first four weeks of the season. After that, boy, you, you, you seen the writing on the wall. So did they. And they said, screw it. Next, next year's another year. Well, I think the other thing that happened too, though, Sonny, and, and I know one guy is not the whole offense, but it didn't help that Leonard Fournette went down. And that is after true. that happened, the, the, the Jaguars became one-dimensional because they had no running game. T.J. Elvin, no disrespect to him, but he's not a guy that's going to get you 25 carries a game and be able to handle that type of workload. He's too small. Good talent, but he's not, he's not a workhorse like the Leonard Fournette. So Jacksonville, with the, with the, with the little bit of passing game that they had, well, Leonard Fournette isn't a four is not a four quarters guy either. He's proved that through his first two years as he can't get out on the football field. Well, and, and injuries, you know, injuries happen. Um, you know, I'm going to really see. I think next year is going to really tell if he's going to be a guy that's going to last in the league or not. Because you can always he won't be, back, he won't be a Jaguar that's next year, Cuervo. He's going to get dealt. Leonard Fournette's going to get dealt, without question. Because the Jaguars already insulted him by saying, hey, we're not going to pay you any bonuses. Um, and and that, that did not sit well with the guy. Um, and so the love affair right now in Jacksonville with Leonard Fournette, the guy's going to get dealt in the offseason. You watch. Someone is going to reach out. Someone's going to offer just a little bit more than they should, and they're going to go ahead and they're going to jump on it. Leonard Fournette will not be in Jacksonville this next year. I, I know that sounds incredibly stupid after what? I think he was picked fourth overall, if I'm not mistaken, not more than two years ago. I get it. I understand it. But I, I think Jacksonville, I, that, that whole situation, his attitude, and that whole thing that's going on up in Jacksonville where they're completely lost on the offensive side of the ball, I think they would go ahead and take Yeldon and keep him and let this guy go and say, how do we make you better, Yeldon? Because I think there would be a better investment of time and effort more so than Leonard Fournette. Because, frankly, I'll be honest, I was never, never impressed with Leonard Fournette. I like the fact that he was a badass coming out of college, and did I initially like to pick? Yes, but as soon as he got into an NFL uniform and then he showed that he couldn't play a full 16 games in the NFL for the first two years of his career, he's expendable. And I think he's, I think he's on a different football team in a lesser role so he can spend more time on the field than on the bench. Well, I mean, that I, I, running backs are diamond dozens. I mean, Absolutely. You know, just like just like receivers are. So if that happens, yeah, if you can get any, if Jacksonville can get any value whatsoever for Leonard Fournette, they better jump on it. And if it doesn't happen before the draft, I say Leonard Fournette uh, is no longer a Jacksonville Jaguar at the um, at, at by the time of the NFL draft. Okay, so let me ask you this: as a Jaguar fan, what's the what is the minimum amount of games you want to see Fournette play to, to say, you know what, I think they should Does it have to be a full year? Can he miss two games? Can he miss three? No more than four? Like, what's your, what's your, I guess your, 
measure for next year? How many games? So that, Leonard Fournette is about as close as a cancer, a locker room cancer, than you can be. And, and I say that because I don't want to deny the guy what he doesn't, but just to let you know. He's a community dude, okay? Hey, every football player should be. I mean, you got people drooling over you. Be a, be a guy. And, and he is. I'll give him that. This guy is out in the community. He visits children's hospitals. He gives you know, you know, things away. This guy has a heart of gold. I, I, won't, I won't take that away from the kid. But as far as the player is concerned, the, the, the player is a totally different thing. What you get out on the football field from a Leonard Fournette is an attitude. What you get out on the football field from a Leonard Fournette is a guy that don't want to be a team player. And all those things really add up to where I think Jacksonville's sick of it. And it only took two years, which is the scary part about it, Cuervo. It only took two years where I think that, uh, that management, if they get a good enough offer, they'll let this guy fly. And, you know, I don't know if they'll be in the draft. I don't know if they'll be before the draft. I, I just think it'll happen on draft day because that'd be a perfect time to deal a Leonard Fournette to a team that needs a running back. So I, I, I think it'll be done by, by that time. And if it doesn't, I still think that he'll be dealt before uh, he'll be going someplace before the uh, season starts. I, I don't see him in a Jaguar uniform at the regular, at the time of regular season. I really don't. Now, I could be off my rocker. Everybody says, Sonny, you're off the rocker. I'm half the time I am. Uh, but, you know, I, I see the Jaguars as a little bit different. Tom Tomlin, even though I, I never really liked Tom Coughlin as a head coach, but as an organizer on what's going on, I think he's pretty good. He's just been stuck in a bad situation with the Blake Bortles, and, hell, he can't even do anything to get out of it. Um, you know, you've you got to figure out what you're going to do at that point. But I don't think Tom Coughlin – he would put up with this kind of crap for very much longer. And that's, and that's the reason why I think he's gone. I think this is a Tom Coughlin thing. And, and I'll be honest with you, based upon the two guys, whether it be Blake Bortles or Leonard Fournette, I'm going to tell you right now the Jaguars would take Bortles over him because of attitude. You can say whatever you want about Blake Bortles, okay, but no one's going to question the guy's not a team player. Leonard Fournette, he's a little bit different when you talk about what's out on the football field. He's got an attitude and he's got an ego, and sometimes that just doesn't mix with guys like the Tom Coughlin who are old school and want guys to have discipline and be out on the football field all 16 games, and he doesn't get that with Leonard Fournette, so he's gone. What leads you to to feel like he's a cancer? Is, is there something that I'm missing, or is it about the one incident oh. against the Buffalo Bills? Like, what? It, it's the, it's the blow ups and the and the uh, it's the on the field problems. I mean, he's, he was suspended for two games this year, Cuervo, because of that BS over in Buffalo was is is the big one as well. That that and I'm telling you, that might have been the icing on the cake. I mean, in reality, before they they say, listen. This, this guy's open. And believe me, he is be, his name is being offered to anybody that might take him. But guess what? He is, he is such that guy that not too many teams are probably going to be looking at him until he gets desperation, meaning their number one guy is going to blow out a knee before the season. They need a body, and they need a guy. And, and I won't doubt the guy that has talent. I won't do that. But – I will tell you the Jacksonville Jaguars don't want that attitude. I, I believe that, but that's a, 
That's a Tom Coughlin thing more so than anything. He'll give you time to straighten out your stuff, but if you don't do it in a certain amount of time and you keep on being the guy that's a pain in the ass to your football team, because let's be honest, when Leonard Fournette is not out on the football field, that hurts the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, especially with the Blake Bortles out on the football field because you don't even have a number two guy you can depend on. You can't depend on your quarterback. Now you can't depend on your running back. What else are you going to freaking do? One of those two guys has got to be out on the football field, and I think they'd rather have Blake Bortles with his I-want-to-win attitude instead of what – Leonard Fournette brings to this football team, which is attitude, pain in the ass, and a guy that just doesn't listen to anybody. Because before that, the whole thing went down, Cuervo, coaches were holding this guy back saying, forget this, leave this alone. And what he's doing, he's affecting this football team, not just for the game that he got thrown out of, but for the game that he couldn't play the next week. Uh, you know, and ultimately, that affects a football team. That is my definition of being cancerous. He's not a cancer yet, but I, I, I could see him being a real cancer. In other words, the guy's a pain in the ass. He's not worth the time or money or effort. Yeah, I don't know, Cindy. I don't, I don't think one uh, outburst like that on the field is going to, for me, define him as a cancer or a potential cancer. I, I, I think it was a, a thing – if I go back, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think it was more like in the taunting situation and Fournette kind of reacted to it. So maybe he just needs to learn how to control himself you know, when it comes to reacting to what the other team is doing. Don't buy into it type of thing. Some guys are just yeah. hot-headed. Because, but, but, um, I mean, I, I, I've seen it happen. Um, you know, Guys don't know how to just let things go, and they react to everything that they see. That's who he is. He's a high head. That, that, yeah, that's I, exactly who he is, Guerrero. He's a high head. And, and sometimes that's what that's why I go back to Leonard Fournette. If Leonard Fournette's not a Jacksonville Jaguar, I can really give a rat's fat ass because I do like Yeldon. Now I agree with you. I don't think Yeldon is a four quarter running back. I don't think he's that guy, but he can provide explosiveness, you know, when it's needed. And, and the question will be is when is it needed? And he is not. You're right. I I am right there with you, Cuervo. Leonard, Leonard Fournette um, can be. Um, can be considered that guy, but again, when he's not out on the football field, and you, you look at, you just look at his results. I mean, God, I mean, I, I'll look it up. Oh, here we go. My computer's back up and running. But Leonard, Leonard Fournette is not a guy that has spent a lot of time out on the football field in the past two seasons, and that affects your football team in reality. Yeah. I know the first two years, you know, he's had some injuries. That's why I say next year, I think if he gets hurt again, if he misses half the season or six games or four games or whatever. That's why I was asking the question, how many games uh, do you want to see him play at a minimum? To say, you know what, yeah, I think I think we should keep him. You know, just from a, from a, a health and production standpoint, not even right. the character part, just just him the player, not him the person. Like, what, how many games do you want to see him play before you would say, okay, you know what, maybe just things happen, he got hurt, but I think he's going to be 
be all right. Just kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like Andrew Luck. He was hurt for two years. This year he comes back to play all 16 games. So guys can recover from injuries. They, they can find their way back to be the player that they once were. So that's why I'm asking. Well, I might be wrong on this one, Cuervo. I might be wrong on this one, okay? Uh, and I just looked it up because I just ran into this. Uh, our, uh, Ian Rapp report reported that they did meet with Leonard Fournette, that being Tom Coughlin and the rest of the brass for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and according to what was reported, and, and I never repeat, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Um, everything went well, and they're going to move forward with him. You know, I you know I don't I just I don't know how much I believe it, Cuervo. I I just you know, and, and it's mainly because I know Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin is not a guy that puts up with this kind of crap. So unless they really get over it, um, let's see here it is. 2018, a hamstring injury kept him out of the lineup all year long. He missed a total of seven games, uh, and then. And then he had one issued for a suspension. So half the season, this guy wasn't out on the football field. Not only that, they let him know that you weren't going to get the bonuses. So I don't know what was necessarily talked about, but that whole thing going on, Doug Marone and everything, Doug Marone, you know, is a defensive guy in reality. Um, so I don't know how much of a input that he put forth with that because Tom Coughlin is the defensive guy in reality. But, you know, you look at this whole thing, whether it, it, it's a run-in with a fan that he had. Um, evidently, um, you know, I don't know if you remember where he, they were having some racial slurs supposedly thrown at him, and, and he didn't have a hard time. He had a hard time, you know, dealing with that. And, and frankly, I'll be honest, he probably has heard worse from everywhere else. I, that part I don't get. I, 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 that part I don't get because, you know, it's not the first time he's heard anybody call him that in a way. I, I just don't know what the final triggering line is, is that takes him over the edge to where it bothers him so bad that he can't be, you know, that he goes to that, that part. That part I don't get. And it's probably because I don't know the culture. Even though my wife is black, I just don't know the culture as well. Um, but I will say that right now uh, you can look at it. T.J. Yeltsin and, and Leonard Fournette. Um, hopefully they'll be able to work together at the running back position because right now, if you go into the – right now, here's the deal, just so that you know, Cuervo. Fournette is entering his third year of a four-year deal worth $27 million. Okay, let's be honest. All right, he hasn't made that money. I mean, he hasn't lived up to a contract to save his life in reality. Uh, so that right there is one of the big things. So, And then the money being taken away from him, uh, as far as bonuses are concerned, there, there's a back and forth with that as well. There's just a lot of things that are going on when they go into um, this whole thing. And just to let you know, Cuervo, on Thursday, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars t- signed Tom, Thomas Rawls. Okay? And if you don't know who that is, just go take a look at Seattle. Seattle missed the boat on this guy. So the combination of having Yeldon and Thomas Rawls 
And if you get Leonard Fournette with the right man, this is a one-two-three punch in the backfield that no one can even come close to. So then all they got to do is worry about a quarterback. But if they don't get a quarterback, how much of the problem of what a Leonard Fournette brings to you if he is not happy or there's some problems is a big question for the Jaguars. Yeah, exactly, Sonny. And, and uh, you know, Tom, Rawls is another guy that they can use. Oh, I so love that guy. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's Jacksonville's way of warning Fournette. They like look. Yeah. That's a writing on the wall bitch slap to your face right there. And that was even after they had this conversation with him. Yep, exactly. But here's the thing. Uh, you mentioned the whole racial slur thing. What that tells me is that Fournette has to learn how to be more mature and not let things like that get to him. You know, because People are idiots out there in this world. They're going to say whatever they want to say to get a reaction out of it. And yep. with Fournette, he bought into it. And that person that said whatever it was or was whatever sign it was, whatever, you know, you, you allowed them to, to win in that whole scenario. If you ignore it or, you know, you, you play it off and you're like, hey, nice sign, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you show that. You well, Cuervo, you, you deal with crap like that every day, don't you? I mean, in reality, folks that don't know, Cuervo is one of the few, the fine, finest out there protecting our country. You, you, you run into this kind of deal every single day with young guys that are joining the military. You've been in the military for many, many years. You've been in as long as I've known you. I mean, so you understand this kind of thing that's going on here, Cuervo. I do, and you know, I don't. I don't recruit anymore specifically. But when I was, um, you know, people, I got looked at sometimes, you know, as just some some guy that's just trying to get you to join or, or whatever. And kids thought that I couldn't relate to to you know their situation, and I, you know, you got to sit them down and say, look, I've been in your shoes. I grew up here. And, and that and that opened their eyes sometimes, and they're like, okay, right. Uh, this guy isn't, you know, this guy isn't just trying to get a bonus or whatever. Because a lot of the kids thought that too. By the way, military recruiters, we don't get bonuses for kids joining. All right. So for you parents out there that still have that mentality, okay, get get out of that mentality, please. Recruiters don't get bonuses for your children joining. Okay. So anyway, yep. Uh, for Leonard Fournette, it's a maturity. Like I said, um, he's just got to learn how to be the bigger person as, as the professional athlete, be the bigger person, and learn to not let things like that get to them. I'm not saying ignore it. You don't have to pretend like you didn't see or hear what somebody said. You just got to know how to address it. Yeah. And, and address it in a mature way. But hey, to the person. Mature that, words. Yep, that, that was the word. That, 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 to the person that said that racial slur, or whatever, you know, maybe you want to reevaluate your life <laughs> because you know, racism is an ugly thing, and for you to say those things, you know, it just you know you find a way to to make the person you know, feel really small about what they said or, yeah. or whatever. Um, 
So, anyways, I got some breaking news, though, Sonny, so if you want to hit that top right, break, uh, Wait, right wait, now, hold on, because, hold on, it's, well, the, the problem is my computer restarted one more time. Hold on, let me hit this button right here. If it doesn't make me re-sign back in, uh, hold on, da-da, da-da, come on. My computer's running slow because it just kicked in. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, there we go. Studio loaded up. Uh, all right, go ahead with it. I'm not able to get to the studio in order to do the the Ted Koppel call. So go ahead. W- what is the breaking news that is happening? It, what it, well, first of all, Cuervo, is it is it uh, NFL breaking news or? It is. All it right, is then. NFL breaking news. Uh, sounds like you need a new computer, Sonny. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, I'll, I'll just pretend to do the tip top. Right? There we go. Only 40 seconds late, Cuervo, but there it is. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> All right. So, just a little while ago, we were talking about Kyler Murray. Uh, and, yes. You know, and whatnot. He hadn't made the decision yet talking, right. whether he was going to declare for the NFL draft. Well, uh, the news is in. Kyler Murray is going to enter the NFL draft. Uh, and by the way, I was wrong. He was a first-round number nine overall draft pick by the Oakland A's. So, kid's a phenomenal baseball talent. And that's why I think he should stick with it. Yeah, well, and what that is is fire beware, Cuervo. Because just because he's drafted doesn't mean that he's going to play. And that's a buyer beware, man, especially if they're thinking first round on this cat. Now, if they want to throw a flyer on him in the third or fourth round, maybe I get it. But, man, when you're talking first and second round, that's where your money is, man. You know, so when when you're picking your draft pick, you know, you gotta you got to worry about the money in reality. And, 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 by the way, everything I'm reading, money is an issue. Um, if he gets more money in the NFL, he'll stay in the NFL, my understanding. So, you know, depending on what this guy's mentality is as they go in, I'll tell you, as a 5'10 quarterback, the guy's going to get beat up. He better stay. I don't think he – in other words, I don't think he's ready for the NFL. I know he's – you know, I know he was a quarterback in college. Those are some pretty big boys. But I'm telling you the difference between a senior in college compared to a five-year-old complete muscle just busting your head every time you get an opportunity to get the ball, um, you know, or wanting with, you can see the foam coming out of their mouth as he's going to rip your head off. I, I just don't think this guy is a guy that I would trust for my franchise to lead him out on the football field. Yeah, exactly, Sonny. And uh, all I'm going to like, like you said, you know, buyer beware. Uh, if, if people don't, know what Sonny means by that. Uh, do me a favor and look up Bo Jackson and John Elway. Yes. And that, that'll tell you the story about guys that were baseball prospects that, and got and NFL teams took flyers on them. Let me know, <laughs> let me know what you find out and how it turned out for them. Well, and also, Cuervo, you know, the number one and number two draft pick in any given year could be a year you either make or break your make make or break your franchise. Those first two rounds are huge, and and out of all the things, 
as far as players and franchises are concerned, you can't do that to your team. Those two, two, those first two round picks are too important to your franchise for not just one year, Cuervo, but two to three years down the road in that position that you draft for. And that could be a killer for any franchise that goes out and try to get this guy in the first or second round. Right. I, I don't know, Sonny. I, I think if the team's going to draft, you know, like you said, third round, fourth round, you know, something like that, don't waste it on the first round. Right? And if he's convinced that he wants to be a quarterback, um, <laughs> then I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even give him more than one contract. I, I, I'd give him the one contract and be done with him. Yep. Get it. So, well, Cuervo, I, I, just just so that you know, I do have a call coming in. I am going to have to grab that one up. I'm surprised we got two hours and 42 minutes out of this one as it is. But yeah, uh, that being, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked, but I'm glad we were able to. So, uh, but uh, that's all the time I got. Do you want to hang online? Do you have anything else to say? Or are you all good? Uh, I think I'm all good, Sonny. When. Uh... Are we going to just be on Sunday for our regular program for the championship? No, we we will be on Sunday. I, I'm not going to be on the road, so we will be on Sunday, no problem. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, then that's, I guess that's it. All right, so that's what's going to happen here. We will be up on there. Also, tomorrow, uh, Rowlett Eagles Varsity Basketball, Friday, Rowlett Eagles Varsity Basketball. Then we'll turn it around and go in and Go for um, that being said on Sunday morning. That is our um, that is our schedule. That's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. So for Cuervo, I am Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. Everybody have a good one. Have safe travels over there, Cuervo. Enjoy your time in Vegas. I will, Sonny. I appreciate it. And if anything good comes out of it, you'll be one of the first ones to know. Thank, thank you, thank you, lovely Miss Cuervo, for your two hours and forty minutes of your attention. We're out of here, everybody. We're gone. Bye, bye.